People pay money to see me in a 20 by 20 ring. Wrestling fans, and welcome to another episode of the 20 by 20 Ring Crew. As always, you have Matt alongside Joe. What's going on, Joe? Hey, man, what's going on? A whole bunch is going on, actually. So much that uh, we're actually going to do yet another edition of the 20 by 20 by 20, where we talk about 20 topics. We go back and forth, Joe and I fire them off, and we try to fit 20 topics in a episode, something that we don't generally get to do really in any other episode besides this uh so again there's been a lot of a lot of time time off getting getting things situated with uh life in general you know now that goes ladies and gentlemen so there's a lot uh, a lot of topics that we we really been meaning to talk some some have been kind of going around for a while some are brand new but uh i think you're going to be entertained by by everything that we're gonna we're gonna discuss today and uh, I guess no, no, uh, no pussyfooting around. Let's just get right into it. <laughs> and uh, um, I'm sure you just defended somebody. I, well, you know what? I was watching. Uh, I was watching. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the movie Serial Mom from the from the early mid '90s. Uh, who's in it? Uh, man, I forget her name now. Serial Mom. She's got a really deep voice. Uh, but R- Ricky Lake is blonde lady. Blonde lady. She's oh. The, uh, you know, it's on. Yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Ricky Lake's the daughter. Matthew Lillard's in there. Ricky Lake. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. So <laughs> she she used the word pussy a lot in that movie, so that's that's why pussy's on my on the mind as well. Was it like Victoria something? No. 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 Uh, oh, it's, it's gonna kill me. It's, yeah. a, it's the chick from Romancing the Stone too. That's let let's see. We have we have internet here, so let's, oh, that's right. Let's uh, let's let's look it up. <laughs> Kathleen Turner. Thank you, thank Kathleen you, Turner. Thank you. Yes, it's a it's a good film. It's a good film. It's you know it's a dark comedy, and uh, definitely a lot of a lot of contents that uh, you probably won't see a lot these days. And 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 we're gonna definitely talk more about that. But um, to start here. Um, you who wants to who wants to go first? You want to ask first? Want me? To yeah, ask first? I'll go first. Okay, fuck it. Why not? Let's do it. Um, Don't push your foot around, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna start with something. I, I want to get this out of the way. Okay. The AEW barbed wire match between Kenny Omega and John Moxley. Yes, yes, yes. Everybody knows by now. And we about talked about the, it in last yeah, episode about mm-hmm. the dud and the whole nine. But mm-hmm. what what I wanted to ask you something that I I didn't uh, because it came up to me. It came to me in a dream, Matt. Okay. After the fact. Um. No, in in my uh, in the midst of my sleep deprived mind one night um i you know i thought about it like you know you had you had talked about the the cinematic match between sting and darby allen and what and your thoughts about that but i thought about it you know these days let's face it the cinematic match is is a viable option for any company that can try to pull one off 
and AEW's included in that, obviously. So, I gotta ask you, do you think that barbed wire match would have come across better as a cinematic match as opposed to doing it live? To answer that question, it's a it's a yes or no. I, I think um, I think if you if you put that match in there uh, as a cinematic match, one just like a film, you have takes and you can get it right. Um, so for that reason, yes, I, I I wholeheartedly would say agree that with yes, you make a cinematic, you can make it right. As we saw with how they do cinematic matches. Uh, with the with the street fight that we saw at the same pay per view at Revolution, whoever is directing this stuff seems to know what they're doing to 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 give you that sense of realism with it. Um, so I I would wholeheartedly buy that. The only thing that I would say, and this is me putting it into pay per view aspect, which is not necessarily what you asked, but I would have to find another match to main event because I don't like. I don't like the idea of cinematic matches as main events. I just, I think if you're going to do them, if we're going that day and age where we're we're putting cinematic matches in wrestling shows, and I have to live with that, I can live with it to an extent. But that's not the last thing that I want to see, um, personally. And not just that too. There would have been two cinematic matches on the pay per view. Yeah, absolutely. Does that bother you as well? That's overkill. I think. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I mean, but think of, to be fair to anyone that says, "Well, I like cinematic matches." It'd be it'd be like having, and I know we see this, but it's like it's like having two cage matches in the night. Like you know, we talked about before with with the the overkill of, of lockdown. Like yeah. <laughs> it just it just becomes too much. Like it takes away the aura of what a cage match is. Like it's supposed to be this barbaric match, and then now we're throwing everybody in it. So same thing with the cinematic match. Like if you're gonna do it do it that's fine but yeah I, I don't like the overkill and i don't like main eventing it but to to answer your questions verbatimly how you asked it yeah I, I think for sure because again you can emphasize the explosions in ways that you can't do live because you eliminate the duds uh let's start with a with a with a pretty recent one for me um Andrade just <laughs> Andrade just uh, recently re- received his release from WWE. Um, overall, I just want to know what are your thoughts on on his situation. I, I I know I just I just got done reading that he turned down a pretty hefty contract. Three million dollars. Three million dollar deal. Now is that yearly or is that over the course of his? No, it was over the course. Okay, but still three, three million is three million. It's three million. That's, I mean, I'm not making three million, so. But you know what? Also, too, like, I'm gonna I'm gonna use air quotes here. Mm. Three million because look what happened to Gallows and Anderson. Sure. You know. Right. Yeah. So my my question to you: your overall thoughts on that, and what is his future in in pro wrestling? First of all. <laughs> Uh, that was very unexpected. Like I believe uh, a majority of us, um, not just you and I, but other wrestling fans that I know, and uh, people in the group, uh, Facebook.com/groups/20x20wrestlingtalk, had asked me and were following the um, the updates about him and what was going on, and to just see it happen so relatively quickly 
that he was released officially. Right. Um, and then they're possibly being talk of having a zero no compete clause even better. Right. Um, there's already speculation about him showing up in New Japan as uh, the newest member of Osprey's faction. That's happening at uh, Sakura Genesis. Sakura Genesis. Yep. But we did the math. We, as in uh, me and some of my my fellow cohort, co- cohorts online, and with that, uh, with the COVID. Um, like quarantine? Yes, thank you. Sure. <laughs> with the COVID. Q word. Yeah. With the quarantine issues, uh, uh, traveling to Japan and all that. He wouldn't be there in time. He wouldn't be able to make the show. So I don't think that's their newest faction member. But getting back to Andrade, it was just really nice to see something like that happen and happen so quickly because oftentimes these things are dragged out for the 90 days. You know, there's obviously already talks of him possibly getting reunited with the Trinidad somewhere, not necessarily AEW. And we know that for sure. It has been reported that she has signed a short-term deal with a company that is not AEW. So there's a chance we're going to see her on Impact or somewhere else that's not WWE because obviously they let her go. Sure. Um, but it, it, it's, it brings me hope. It brings me hope for future talent that want to leave. I mean, there's also been lots of talk about how well he got preferential treatment because you know he is in a relationship with charlotte flair sure and hey that's great if that was the case and that's how he got out of it so quickly then shit so be it then uh more people need to date charlotte yeah flair. <laughs> there's, there's there's so many things i can say to i'm that, not but... endorsing polygamy here <laughs> not by not by a long shot but um, I'm just, I'm excited. You know, we had mentioned in the, in the, uh, Facebook group mm-hmm. where we would like him to be. Um, again, my, the selfish wrestling fan of me would love to see him show up in NWA, especially if Thea Trinidad is going to be involved. I think that would be a, a great and exciting fit for NWA. You would have an immediate contender to all this. Not that you'd want to do that right away, but they could build up to it. Yeah. Um, can he be the guy that carries that that ten pounds of gold to the to the to the future eventually? Yeah, I I wholeheartedly agree. And it was interesting to hear because uh, he had come out and did a shoot interview with Hugo uh, Savinovich, mm-hmm. and he divulged that originally he wasn't even supposed to win the NXT title, but apparently they thought Adam Cole was too small. Okay, and so that's how he got in the mix of all that. And just to hear that, I was like, wow, okay. Um, but, you like, when he was champ, like, he was champ. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was a, a, a natural fit. And, you know, it's he, he definitely has everything he needs to succeed in the wrestling business. We, you and I both knew that before he came to WWE. Right. And... Um, I had already sent out um, something on Instagram for him, like telling him in Spanish, like, I can't wait for the return of La Sombra and that the world needed more ingovernables. Whether whether or not that happens, 
you know, it remains to be seen. But I would really love for that to happen. Do you think he's got a chip on his shoulder for for how uh, the lack of usage? And you think that carries over to to what he to whatever decisions he makes, or is it just like a, a sigh of relief that? I think it's to... a little bit of both, to be honest with you. I mean, uh, in that shoot interview, he did divulge that he had um, some sort of eye surgery. I don't know if it was like for like LASIK or whatever, but sure. it was a three-month uh, process for him to be able to be cleared. Mm-hmm. And after that, he just noticed that he wasn't being booked for any TV or anything like that. And then it just became like, hey... You're just going to hang around catering for the rest of your contract. And it was disheartening to him. And so he was just like, well, if this is the case, then I want to leave. And that was his story. And, you know, he, he came across in the shoot interview like he he was still thankful. He thanked Triple H and Vince mm-hmm. McMahon for giving him the opportunity and, and all that. But he also mentioned how disheartening it was to just have to sit there and not do, like, be there in something you love to do be told that you don't have a place so yeah i think it's a little bit of both it's a it's it's one of those or a lot of bit of both (laughs) maybe it's one of those those wonderful examples that we always talk about that money doesn't necessarily mean everything in this business you know especially these days and, and maybe maybe i'm preaching to the choir maybe i'm not but these days there's a lot of that mentality going around and I myself am included in that you know don't get me wrong you know I'm I'm uh, working my way out of debt that has happened because of the pandemic and that situation is what it is but at the same time there are there are days where it's just like you know what as nice as it would be for me to go make money do this do this today it's really nice to be able to sit and spend time with my daughter yeah. or my nephews mm-hmm. or my brothers mm-hmm. or my wife. Right. Just, and I do, you know, when, when those situations arise, I do. And I yeah. take uh, full advantage of the opportunities. And I, I encourage everybody else to do the same thing because at the end of the day, that company can easily replace you. Yeah. Um, you know, you're once you die, you you don't have to pay rent. Mm-hmm. You know, things like that. Right. So, yeah, live it up as much as you can. It, it speaks volumes that uh, he chose happiness over three million dollars. So yeah, like that's what I said, man. Kudos, kudos to him. Yeah, kudos to him. Wish him all the luck. My next one. Uh, speaking of. Uh, We'll say essential talent. Um, Eric Young is going to be out of action for six to nine months. Tough break, man. That is very tough, especially for a company like Impact, who have been referred to as the zombie promotion by by certain (laughs) people. Um, You and I, we watch Impact fairly regularly. Yes. Uh, My question to you is, Eric Young, obviously pretty vital to Impact. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. and their roster, what does this do for Impact? How big of a hit are they taking with him being out six to nine months? And do you see anybody stepping the hell up and helping fill those big shoes? Well, I think the most important thing that that Eric Young has done is that he's brought relevancy to the actual Impact roster to where 
and I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but even the world champion hasn't done. Um, <laughs> w- the work that Eric Young has done, even in his faction, Violence is Forever, with Joe Doring and, and, and uh, Cody Diener, and the work that he's done with you know uh, Jake Something and a plethora of other guys, you know, even you know working with James Storm recently, I, that was actually where did it happen in the match or was it around that time? I, I know he wrestled James Storm in his one thousandth match or, or whatever. Yeah, I think it was around the time. I don't, I don't think it was necessarily in that match. So he's brought back. He's he's one of those guys that is that steady pace kind of guy you know he's he comes back he run he takes the world title from from eddie 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 kingston and he brings that legit bad guy back to a company that just really didn't have anything going on and then you know loses the title takes the back seat to you know the the sub the sub uh storylines and really just is helping develop younger talent and i don't think he uh, for the fans I, I, I could tell you, I'm sure the boys in the back would, would agree with me, but the fans may, may not see that how much he's actually helping develop the future of that business. Because Eric Young is one of those veterans that looks at the, the, the full picture. He did that in WWE when given the opportunity. Yeah, oh yeah. <clears throat> and uh, and that's, that's what you're missing. That's the most important part. Because whether you're talking about... Uh, forbidden doors or or what have you no matter what you're doing as a company whether you're you work with somebody else or, or you're just looking looking at just your your future alone you have to look at that exactly your future and eric young is one of those guys that is really helping to evolve that future that's where he's going to be missed the most i think character wise and, and on screen wise can he be replaced i i believe i do believe so you know, there's 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 a number of guys who could fit that violence is forever storyline very well. You know, I'm not I'm not saying it should be this guy, but you know, a Sammy Callahan easily pops up. He he's another guy that is always looking at the future of the business. For example, he was the guy that had the balls enough to drop the world title to a woman, um, and that that goes that that should go without saying how much he respects the business. Yeah. You know, progress, man. Um, but it's a huge hit, man. It's 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 huge. It's it's tough to see Eric Young at his age having to go through this. He doesn't have much years left in the in, in the tank. And for him to get an ACL tear and be out for the rest of the year, it sucks. And as far as the as far as far as the, the, the roster goes, there's a lot of young talent that's going to miss having the opportunity to work with somebody that pushes them the way that, that Eric Young does. And it's I'm, I'm really disappointed to see that happen. It sucks. But, you know, this is this is this is the business sometimes, unfortunately. Unfortunately. I I'm gonna jump to something that's gonna be relevant for WrestleMania season, kind of. Uh, it involves it involves Bobby Lashley, who is the WWE champion currently. Uh, he's set to Bobby Lashley or Lobby Bashley. <laughs> Huh? I like that uh. one better. Um, Bobby Lashley set to defend the, the WWE title against Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania. Uh, thankfully, we were wrong about the the Lesnar matches, you know. So <laughs> yeah, you know, for everyone's some people, Joe, I know you're listening right now, and let me tell you, 
You're not my kid anymore, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> Fuck you and your Brock Lesnar thoughts. Just yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go you ahead. Know, you know what? Like I was, I was getting shit. Like, oh, I thought it was gonna be Lesnar. I'm like, I'm glad I'm wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I fucking got it wrong. <laughs> I, I, you can bash me all you want. Like, I don't gotta see that shitty ass match. Like, fuck it. But anyways, Lashley and and and, uh, and McIntyre going at it. Bobby Lashley was a member of the Hurt Business, leader of the Hurt Business. On the March 29th episode of, of Monday Night Raw, uh, that 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 faction is no more. Don't I, you mean season 85, episode 17? Yeah. Fucking Peacock. Yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> oh, we're not done with Peacock. Uh, Bobby Lashley is no longer affiliated with Cedric Alexander or Shelton Benjamin, uh, and the Hurt Business is no more. Joe... The Hurt Hurt Business has been one of the few bright spots of Raw throughout 2020 and going into 2021. And now they're over. Just a a week and a half before WrestleMania. Is this a good booking or is this really just too abrupt and too too dumb? All of the above. Fair enough. To be honest with you. And you know what kills me is... We see this happen on television when I, maybe it's my, my traditional mind, but I think it would have been better suited for that to happen on a pay-per-view. But I forget these days, pay-per-view or special events don't mean shit because, you know, you're paying, what is it now, five bucks a month now for the time being? It, it's, it's still ten bucks for, for everybody else. But I actually pay nothing. Okay. Uh, well, there you go. <laughs> so between zero and ten dollars, you know. But um, it's 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 still worth a little less than zero dollars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, it 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 slays me on multiple levels because I actually liked the hurt business. I thought that was yeah. a good idea. I did you too. had guys. Guys who used to be worth the shit come back and regain that relevancy, and and were effective at it. Like the, they were a legitimate faction. Um, and then you add to it that they're all black athletes. Again, for those of you who who uh, are interested in championing that cause, great. I I for one. Am one of those people, yeah. Because we don't often see that in WWE. Uh, that's just another layer, and, and I'm sure that deserves a whole another entire podcast episode in and of itself. Sure, sure, sure. You've got you've got all those things working for them, and then it's just like, well, guys, we're gonna cut the rug out from underneath you for some half-assed fucking bullshit storyline. Instead of working with the guys and making making it prolong, I, don't get me wrong. I understand factions cease to exist all the time, mm-hmm. but it's the way you do. It's the way you do their undoing. Is yeah. is 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 all the is everything that is important about that? And for me, this just was. It was like cheap fucking. It was cheap heat, or supposed to be, you know. And unfortunately, two guys are going to go back to being nothing. Hopefully, they do something with them. You know, 
maybe some tag belts, something. But I, unfortunately, I I think you you hit the nail on the head there. I think they're just gonna go back to being two more guys on the roster. You know. Well, there's that catering spot that opened up. So. Fuck. <laughs> 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 Gotta eat, right? Yeah. Gotta eat. So, that oh, sucks. It's terrible. It's terrible. I love oh. the hurt business too. Yeah. And, and, and lastly, like. Speaking of anybody who needed some fucking relevancy, you know, every, anybody knows he's got the fucking persona of wallpaper. Yeah. And it, it helped him tremendously. And he's a nice guy, I get it, but fuck, bring something to the ring other than your fucking muscles on pawn muscles. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Good lord. Um, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Uh, this isn't really a question, but I, I did just, I wanted to talk about Road Dog okay. real quick. Yes. Uh, as one of my talking points. Sure, sure. Um, for those of you who don't know or didn't know, he, he suffered, a what seems to be a stroke. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually heard today, which is March 30th, that, uh, there has been, um, it has been confirmed there's no blockages or anything in his heart or in his arteries I should Some say good news, yeah. that is yeah. big news his yeah. heart is still good uh, he's got a few more tests to go <clears> through <throat> but he's on his way back home mm-hmm. and uh, just man scary scary for that to just come out of nowhere seemingly uh, his wife was talking about how he uh, he's always had issues with high blood pressure okay so it, it isn't uh, like completely a surprise but at the same time you know no one likes to have to go through or experience strokes, you know. You're right. So, sure. Um, <clears throat> do you have a favorite road dog spot? I mean, favorite road dog spot. I mean, I, you know what? I just I, I'm I'm going to be the cliche answer, and I loved, I just loved uh, everything that he did uh, with the New Age Outlaws. But you know, one thing that kind of goes under the wayside, wayside, I think, for a lot of people kind of forget about was 1999 when he had the rivalry with Chris Jericho. And because when I, when, when Jericho first got to, not to make this a Jericho topic, but when Jericho first got to WWE, I, when they, and they fed him road dog, I was like, man, they're really, they got nothing for Jericho. And, and they probably didn't, but for whatever reason, they made those, they, they made those matches work. And I was thoroughly impressed that Road Dog was able to give Jericho good matches because I never really looked at Road Dog as a, this phenomenal wrestler, entertaining as hell. But <laughs> but yeah, I never looked at him as just like this phenomenal wrestler. So I I always really appreciate the fact that when it came down to doing business, he was able to to do business. And um, and for everything else, man, I just I wish him nothing but the speediest of recoveries. Going on to AEW, that's my, I got a couple of questions about them, but I'll start with this one here. <laughs> you mean All Elite Wrestling, sir? <laughs> Let's talk about those guys over there. <laughs> you talk talk about them indeed, because uh, AEW Dark Elevation, it, it started uh, in March this month, or last month, depending on when we released this episode. It's on Monday nights. It's on YouTube. It's free. I get it. It's free content. But after watching it or 
kind of kind of like skimming through it, if you will. It's the exact same situation as AEW Dark. Now, being that it's free YouTube content, does this really matter? Am I just being am I being an asshole here, or is this is this really a good move by AEW to have two dark shows that are exactly the same every week? <clears throat> and by 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 exactly the same, I don't mean the same matches, but essentially the same concept: unsigned talent versus signed talent. Signed talent beats unsigned talent. That's just how it goes. If you think back and look at, literally look at any other wrestling promotion, when you would have that situation where you had signed talent versus unsigned talent or squash matches, the like, Mm -hmm. they were different the program names were different. Yeah. Always. Same concept, different shows. So I don't understand why you just wouldn't call it AEW Elevated or something akin to that. I don't know why it has to be dark. Um, it just seems redundant. And... I've had casual fans ask me, like, oh, well, isn't this the same show? Well, how do you mean that now? Because, like, do you mean by the name or by what's going on? Because, Mm -hmm. you know, people take it different ways. But, yeah, I don't like that they did that. I think it's too confusing and... I get the only thing that I do like about it is that they have amassed quite a big roster of people, and it seems like even the people that aren't signed, it's still a, a pretty much a revolving door of of talent coming in and out, even if it's just for one one offs. So yeah, I get it. You want to you want to feature all your wrestlers and stuff, but now you've got three fucking shows. And you're, this, this is my biggest problem with all this. So, yeah, it's great to see all that talent get a shot at, at some quote-unquote television time. Or just, we'll call it exposure, because that's sure. what it is. Yeah. It's great to see them get exposure. But you're offering the same thing program into program into program if you're going to do that you've you've got to you you have to have some sort of a standard for each program and and make it a little bit different because otherwise why not just have an extended dark you know you're i mean and to to my uh, in my experience correct me if i'm wrong but the original AEW Dark, aren't they still doing like fucking twelve matches at a time sometimes? Oh yeah, so it's, it's 12, so twelve or more. Or yeah, so now, long. so now, mm-hmm. what's the point of AEW Dark Elevation or whatever right. it's called? Mm-hmm. Because you've got if if you're not pacing out those episodes, 
and you're just fucking jam-packing them with 12 to 16 matches. What is the purpose of the... Do you have that much fucking talent that you need to showcase? Yeah. Like, what the fuck? I don't know anybody who who takes that approach, but that's that's fundamentally... That's what... That's why everybody gets on Jim Cornette's case. He's very logical when it comes to booking wrestling. And that's not a bad thing, folks. Mm -hmm. Just because, you know, you and I, we just had a talk with uh, with our, our buddy Mel about, uh, I had mentioned that I had like 500 G.I. Joes growing up. Yeah. <clears throat> I didn't sit there and take the time to fucking book all 500 in matches because I used to use them as wrestlers in my WWF wrestling ring. That that's not it's not feasible. You don't have that. No one has that kind of time to yeah. try to get all these fucking people over. It just doesn't work that way by nature. Mm -hmm. So because guess what? If if that's a big if, let's say you even get like. 10% of that talent over and it's to the point where like people feel the need to see them on everything you do what happens when it comes to pay-per-view time yeah are you gonna shell out the money needed to put on like fucking a six hour pay-per-view I don't think so I don't, I don't know anybody myself included who wants to sit through six hours of of uh, wrestling and, and don't get me wrong I mean you and I do it a lot when it comes to New Japan and stuff but there's fucking breaks in the middle mm -hmm. they clean the ring well, there's also wrestlers <laughs> that we care about and they, yeah, they take yeah. the time to, to build them up and I, I get it these people have to start somewhere but guess what that's what training schools are for <clears throat> That's what uh, non, you know. Non non televised exposure spots are for house shows. You don't have to fucking put it out there all the time. Let these people develop their skill and and become better at what they do before you just fucking throw them out there. Yeah. Because guess what? Otherwise, again, I'm I'm probably gonna sound like I'm fucking Jim Cornette here, but but then guess what happens? The quality of your your what you're offering goes down considerably, and you're gonna get a lot of people. Unless you're a fucking fanboy, you're gonna get a lot of fucking people. Like I don't know why I'm watching this garbage shit. Yeah, because that's what it's coming across as. And then you give the you give everybody the idea like, hey, I can become a professional wrestler too. It's not meant for everybody to do. <laughs> it's just not. Yeah. Simple as that. I'll get off my soapbox now. Well, I, there's, there's a lot to add to this, and, and I know we don't have necessarily all the time in the world for that, but I just I just want to point out, I mean, you, you have a two-hour... Sounds to me like you want to do an eight-hour podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, you, you know, it's you have a two-hour time slot on TNT every single week. We know that, Dynamite, every Wednesday right. night. The two-hour time slots actually sh shrunk because you have commercial breaks. You know, you got to pay. You got to pay for everything. You got sponsors and all that. Yeah. Um. So you have less time for your sign talent. So originally, Dark was designed. This pre-pandemic was designed to say, you know what? We didn't feature Scorpio Sky on Dynamite. Scorpio Sky is on Dark. So we continued storylines. We continued 
building up characters, character development, all that stuff. And that makes sense. It makes total sense. And then the pandemic happened, and it seemed like it was an opportunity to get people who weren't working an opportunity to say, you know what, come make some money and work for us. And although I don't like that as far as entertainment values, I can respect that as far as helping out the business. Yeah, that I get, but... In the long run, you're not helping the business out. <laughs> well, see, and, here's, and that was going to be my next point. It's it's going to be one of those things where the pandemic's going to eventually end, and now you're stuck with two dark shows that are exactly the same thing. Something's got to give. What, what and sh- a whole lot of fucking talent you're what, paying what for. With a lot of talent, what should have happened was if you're going to bring in Dark Elevation, that should have been the guys that are unsigned, trying to make it, trying to prove themselves. That should have been your developmental show. And then, and I agree, don't call it Dark Elevation. Just call it Elevation or something along those lines. And then Dark, Dark should have actually been to where, you know, you have that rotating of, look, we don't have time to feature Jungle Boy on this episode of Dynamite, but here's a Jungle Boy match. He's going to fight... Not some guy named Joe Blow who wrestled five <laughs> matches in his career, but he's going to wrestle Scorpio Sky tonight. You know what I mean? And, and or you know we're going to build those kind of storylines, so we don't have time for it all the time on on Dynamite. That was what the point of what Dynamite was or Dark was supposed to be. Go back to that, and people will come to it. Also, too, a time slot is at uh, an hour before Raw. And I'm look Raw's shitty. I understand people are turning away from it, but you're still competing with Raw because Dark Elevation also goes two hours. So your second hour is competing against Raw. That's not good either. No. They should they should change that time slot. <laughs> Especially if you're talking about a YouTube show with yeah, jobbers. It's going and... to be on YouTube. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about like flexible times? Yeah. Like, that is the penultimate you example. Go, any other any, time. Any other yeah. fucking time. What are you trying to prove? You know, this is this is an A this is an AEW you know show. Obviously, Cody Rhodes is very old school. Why not Saturday night at six oh five? You know. Wow, man, so, <laughs> that would have been a pretty cool like and, and, little plug. And look, don't get me wrong. Most people know that I listen to Jim Cornette fairly religiously. I don't buy into everything he says, but shit like that is common sense. <laughs> You gotta know when to like you. You gotta know what battles you're gonna pick and choose to fight in, and try to win. Yeah. Otherwise, you're never gonna win the war. Not that this has ever been a fucking war, nor sure. nor should it be. But, uh, you know, real quick before we get off topic, mm-hmm. uh, I'll add a little bit more to this. Okay. The Thunder Rosa versus uh, Britt Baker match that has been touted as by some people. Is the the greatest uh, women's match ever and shit like that? Like, first and foremost, no. <laughs> okay, that's a bit extreme. But Don't get yeah. me wrong; I am a huge fan of Thunder Rosa. Out of the two of them, I think she's a, a breath of fresh air in the current climate that is professional wrestling. But also. I watched that match as a fan of hers, and although it was cool to see, 
I don't think it did anything for either of those women. Maybe sell some shirts. You know, I'm sure uh, Britt Baker's shirt sold quite a fucking few, few copies. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, it, it doesn't do anything for them. But here's what kills me. This is the most important thing here that I'm going to say. You had a match happen between those two that was so steeped in old school booking and old school logic and AEW fans especially the hardcore AEW fans fucking loved the shit out of that match so with that being said why do you Mr. Matt why do you think they have such a hard time embracing old school wrestling and people like Jim Cornette. They clearly love that sort of booking when it's done correctly. But any other time, any other organization, any other federation, any other wrestlers, it seems like they have a huge fucking issue with it. What gives? I don't fucking understand. I chalk it up to brand loyalty. And by, by me saying that, <clears throat> we've seen old school, not necessarily these days per se, but we've seen old school booking like that in Ring of Honor for years. Yeah. And nobody's given a shit, like you said. And it's brand loyalty, I think, in my opinion, because you got a company like AEW... Since since the moment of its inception, it it had a fan a fan base that no matter what it was, it was the fucking best thing that ever happened. And I I agree with you on the on the Thunder Rose uh, Britt Baker match. I thought it was solid. Yeah, I thought it was solid. Kudos to both of them. It was the first match in her career where I was like, man, Britt Baker, I actually, you know, good match. I'm not going to call her anything more than that, but it was a good match for her. The problem is, you get that. It's like dealing with new new school. <laughs> kind of talked about that with sports. When I talk to you about sports, certain people I talk to, you get this new age people where they, they, start, they start to bring you, they start to bring up old things like it's brand new to you. And you as a seasoned veteran, it's just like, Kid, I've been I've been seeing this for years, <laughs> longer than you've been alive. Like this ain't new to me. Yeah, this ain't new to me. And there seems to be a lack of appreciation for for history. And this is why it's so important to not not delete or steer away from from our history of. I'm strictly talking professional wrestling here, because the stuff that we're seeing today, the thing about pro wrestling is that it comes. And goes in cycles, and whether it, why Joe and I are so good at predicting results or predicting how things are going to get booked, we're not always right, of course. But why we're so good or, or we're close to it, if we're not spot on, is because these types of situations have been booked since before him and I started <laughs> watching wrestling. That's just how it goes, and we love and respect the business enough to know that's that's just the way it is. And the same same thing here. It's you get a guy like Jim Cornette who tells you 
about booking and people are just like fuck him and, and, and let's 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 be honest here a lot of that i should say a lot of that maybe not a lot of that but enough of that is jim Cornette's doing because he's built a reputation throughout his career to be a prick sure and some people just don't want to listen to pricks I think Jim Jim Cornette's a prick, but he's a smart prick. You know, <laughs> I've said it so many times that if I had a if I had a wrestling business, I would love and hate to have Jim Cornette as an ambassador or, or some kind of yeah, you know, oh yeah, yep. because you're playing with fire. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh. yeah, as we see as we see fire here. Uh, by the way, we didn't even, we didn't even mention real quick here. What are we watching, man? We we got uh, both screens here. We got on. On one screen, we got uh, WWE Payback 2021. We're about to watch uh, Randy Orton versus Alexa Bliss. No, 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 Fastlane. What did I say? Payback. Payback. Fastlane, Payback. Oh, same shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, Fastlane is what we're watching. The, the final events before WrestleMania, as far as the main roster is concerned. And then on the other screen, we got a better show. We got Ring of Honor... 19th anniversary. Can you believe 19 years of Ring of Honor? Holy I can shit. believe it. <laughs> 19th anniversary of Honor. Uh, if you want to watch Ring of Honor, of course, you can go to our website, 20x20crew.com, slash podcast, slash fight. That's F-I-T-E. Become a new subscriber, and uh, we're going to get you some credits to take off of that pay-per-view events or any other event that you want to watch on, on fights. Again, that's 20x20crew.com. Slash podcast slash fight. Speaking of old school wrestling, we got a pure rules match between Jonathan Gresham and Dak Draper. Man, I you know Jonathan Gresham's short dude, mm -hmm. but Dak Draper's height is not helping that any <laughs> at all. Like he just makes him look like a mini at this point. Like Gresham just keeps beefing up, man. Hell yeah, he dude. Look, he looks phenomenal. He's solid, man. Um. But yeah, going back to the the old school booking style, it, it's I think it's just, it's a lot of that. It's it's just so much of like when Kenny Omega got over, and Kenny Omega brought strong style wrestling, helped bring strong style wrestling to to the states. I'm not going to give him all the credit on that. And you know what? I don't I don't even like calling it old school at this point. It's just logical. It's just, yeah, right. But my what I'm what I'm trying to say is when he brought that style of wrestling to the states, it was just like. Man, you see what Kenny Omega's doing? But yeah, they've been doing that forever. Yeah. He's just bringing strong style here. And, and Kenny Omega never really wrestled pure strong style wrestling to begin with. No. So, <laughs> you get you get those fans that think they know a lot about wrestling, and they don't. Because they don't take the time to do the research, do their homework. And it's unfortunate, because I know a lot of people don't like homework, but watching wrestling... Do your homework in wrestling. Some of the most fun fucking homework that I've ever had. Yeah. <laughs> when I broke in, when I broke into wrestling, one of the first things that I was shown was Ric Flair, was Ricky Steamboat, those guys, Dusty Rhodes, old school wrestling, man. And you really understood the science. Harley Race, another one. The science of pro wrestling. And you look back at all all these years later, thirty plus years later. And a lot of this shit's still the same. Yeah. You know, the old saying is, the more things change, the more they stay the same. And that's what we get here. It's it's just, it's the logic of them not under, not seeing that is what what comes down to. 
I'm going to go away from AEW for a moment, and uh, I'm going to ask you about... (laughs) I'm going to ask you about Rohit Raju and uh, why you're so tired of him. (laughs) And I bring him up because uh, he's probably the the first one to sit there and and call out... uh, the the beloved AEW for um, their one-sided relationship with Impact at this point. So please tell me what, what exactly what kind of beef you got with uh, Raju there. Uh, it, it's it's nothing more than I just don't care for his work, honestly. Uh, character-wise, not a fan. Work- do do you think he's the um, do you think he's any kind of credible mouthpiece for that company to come out and say, like, I'm tired of this one-sidedness? I think, I think anybody that works there, yeah, to, to, to be fair, whether I'm a fan of them or not, I think anybody is. Um, I think more people should speak up if they feel that way. I mean, because, look, Rohit Raju worked for that company. It, it, it'll, it'll be like, it, you know, you work for... You work for Pepsi, and and then you're you're doing nothing but getting you know you're stuck wearing Coke brand and stuff all the time. <laughs> you know you you have to have a sense of pride where you work. So I, I respect him for that. Um, you know when I made the comment that I'm just tired of him, I you know again I just I just don't care for him as a wrestler and and, and his gimmick and everything. But uh, I agree with him. I, I wholeheartedly agree with him. And you know you have pride in in, in what you do, and you. Um, you're tired of the company that you work for being looked at as minor leagues. So, I, you know, kudos to him. Kudos to Tommy Dreamer. Kudos to everybody, anybody else that speaks up against it because it's bullshit. And it's been bullshit. So, uh, yeah, man, I I think more people should speak up. Especially if, if they feel like, uh, like they're being treated like second-class citizens, you know, so... Kudos to him for that. Okay. Back to uh, back to AEW. You know, we talked about pandemics, obviously, on the show. We are we are going to uh, AEW has announced that they are going to put on a house show the weekend of WrestleMania. Now, house show again for those who forgot. It's been a while. Uh, those are not televised events. In the midst of a pandemic. Is the word dark going to be part of the house show? <laughs> <laughs> so this show, of course, w- would mean that the only way to see this wrestling show is to be in attendance at Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida. Now, Daly's Place, I've been there. It's not a very big venue to begin with. On top of that, I'm assuming we're still social distancing so not full per, not full percentage capacity capacity right is there a point to this i mean you can't well, there, you, you there, can't make a lot of money doing this there, there must be more guys that they're uh, trying to sign and they need places to work <laughs> <laughs> i don't know because financially, financially is this is this even like what is the point i'm not, I'm not saying they're going to lose like they're they're hurting for money or anything like that, but like well, this seems gonna, like to be a I was going to say, hopefully, there's like uh, some sort of meet and greets or some sort of maybe merch or 
something that they're going to offer that that's going to make them some money um, that involves actual people being there. Maybe maybe it's uh, maybe it's them testing the waters for you know who's going to show up and how many are, are going to attend for for that specific venue. I'm I'm not sure, but. I, I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they'll pull a rabbit out of their fucking magical hat there, and, uh, maybe there'll be, like, a, a special match that they only do there, you know? That would be cool, but... But again, what would be the point to that? I mean, you... What, what, the, is, what is the point to a lot of what they do these days? I think that's a fair question. <laughs> <laughs> because I... I, sometimes I don't think they even know, you know. I think they just do shit to do shit sometimes, and it's just like, why, 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 why are you guys doing this? You don't need to do this. So I don't know. I don't know. Silly booking in my my. Opinion. It it is. Very silly it, it really is. Especially when you're gonna do it in front of you know two hundred people. Yeah. I yeah I don't know. <laughs> You know, like I said, hopefully there's like a special attraction there. Maybe they're bringing somebody in for a one-off and it's a big name or, or something akin to that. Like we've seen with, you know, previous indie shows and, and things of that nature for WrestleMania weekend. Who knows? Who knows? I don't know if you heard, but there is talks... Of Lucha Underground coming back to television. I have heard that, yes. Uh, I would like to know what your feelings are about this. Knowing what happened with their previous <laughs> incarnation. Yes. And how they were treating their talent. Also, uh, does it does it still work? Or, or, I mean, obviously there's, you know, we've got... A plethora of, of different places to watch wrestling now, and a lot of it, especially with like IWTV. But does does this still work? Would, do you think they would? Uh, it would be better off coming back as like just a permanent storyline point during MLW programming, as opposed to its own entity. <clears throat> I'll start with the first part. Lucha Underground, when you hear the name potentially coming back, you, as a fan, you want to get excited for it because... Yeah, right? <laughs> I love... You, you and I love Lucha Underground. We did a whole episode on Lucha Underground. And uh, just such a such an interesting, different style of, of telling wrestling stories... And it worked. It did. Over the top as hell, but it worked. Very much like uh, how Chikara did it. And Chikara did it very well for a number of years. Um, but then you hear the horror stories of how much they were paying talents. How little, I should say, they were paying talent. And they wanted them to be exclusives. So these guys were making barely any money and they couldn't work anywhere else. Yeah, Sunny Kiss was making like eight grand a year. Like eight grand a year and he couldn't go anywhere else. Or I'm, I'm sorry, she couldn't she... go. I apologize. <laughs> she couldn't work anywhere else and that's that's bullshit. 
That is. I mean, you Super Bowl. You, shit. you train to be a, a fucking wrestler, and you invest all this all this time into you know working for this company because it gives you exposure and all that stuff, and then you're 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 only given eight thousand dollars, and you know what? Because you only you basically only worked for like a month. Fuck it, that's eight grand that month. That's good. Now you go on to do other bookings. Well, guess what? You can't. You can't. That's the problem. Yeah, that was the problem. And with that being said, it leaves a very sour taste in my mouth because I don't want to see any talent get screwed over by this other company. And I certainly don't want to invest my time and potentially money into a company that doesn't... that That's 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 about as disrespectful as you can get to, to, to the wrestling business as anything. Because... These are independent contractors. They need to make their money, and it's it, it's it's hard for me to get on board with it. When I when I when I when I first heard about it, I just was just like, Eesh. like it was like yay, and then then reality kicked in, and it's like whoa, <laughs> yeah, it's wait. that company <laughs> working with the company like MLW. Would I'm assuming that that's 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 the company they'd be working with, right? Well, right now there's, I mean, you've got um, Mil Muertes working with Selena De La Renta as part of MLW, and others. There's been talent on and off MLW programming, all alumni mm-hmm. of of said underground. So that's why I bring up MLW, right? That. You know, you bring in the, the Lucha Underground aspect to MLW as a as an entity, almost. However, you know, however you work work that in, I can live with that a lot more than its own own thing right now. However, I will say this: if they can make amends to the the shit that they cause, now, now keep in mind. There's a lot of talent that they will never go back. You know, whether they're in... Oh, well, yeah, and, and I, I don't blame them. Right. And so, like, you know, can you... You know, you're going to have to rebuild from the ground up because of what you did. And I don't know if it'll even work to begin with. That's that's a pretty pretty steep mountain to climb. Uh, I, I just don't know. For me, personally, the best thing that could happen is that Lucha Underground just stays where it's at and just be a distant memory it was fun while it lasted but i just i just don't see it ever being what it could what possibly be you pissed off too many people yeah that it, that's that's highly important with with this whole situation like i completely agree so i just i just don't see it man i i will i would i would love to see that style come back but i just don't think lucha underground is the company to do that uh, let's see here. You know, we're watching Ring of Honor 19th anniversary. And, you know, we saw... Well, actually, I should give you some backstory to this. Our, our listeners, some backstory. Dragon Lee was scheduled to, to compete twice at the 19th anniversary. Unfortunately, he was unable to compete due to, uh, I believe, a busted eardrum, was it? Broken eardrum. Broken eardrum, okay. Um, obviously, not clear to wrestle... Hopefully he gets better soon and gets back in the ring. He was so Dragon Lee is a double champion, TV champion, 
and one half of the tag team champions. Kenny King is his tag team partner. He's the other half of the tag team of the tag team champions. Uh, they're part of a faction with Roosh and, and, and Bastia. And because of that, Bastia took over the, the in a tag match. He filled in for the tag match and defended the title via the Freebird rule. Now, also on the show, though, uh, Dragon Lee was scheduled to defend the TV title against Tracy Williams. And, of course, that didn't happen. But Kenny King filled in and defended the TV title instead. And, as a result, Tracy Williams is now the new TV <laughs> champion. So Dragon Lee, although he is still one half of the tag team champions because they were able to retain the tag belts, he is no longer the TV champion, even though he never lost that title. This is kind of a question that I, I'm surprised I never really asked you before because this is a very old school concept known as the Freebird Rule. Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> the Freebird Rule has been going on for a long time in pro wrestling. We've seen it, WWE fans have seen it recently with most recently with the New Day when they were still a trio and tag champs. Anybody within a faction can defend the title. And that's really applied for tag team matches. Well, let's let's broaden that rule. Uh, okay. It's not because it doesn't just apply to championships. It's just any match. Sure, right. You know, right. If they're in a tag match, it could be any combination of those faction members. Correct, yeah. correct. And then, you know, so... One faction member goes out, another faction member fills in, like Joe said. In this case, we are dealing with championships. We've seen it happen a lot with tag team titles. So this is a two-parter here. Mm -hmm. Overall, how do you, what is your real reaction to, or what is your real thoughts on the Freebird rule? Do you like it? Do you not like it? And then for in, in the sense of the singles titles... What same question? What are your thoughts? Do you like it? Do you not like it? Do you like guys defending other people's titles and in this case losing that title? There's a lot of layers here. I'll let you have the floor. I'm I'm not having the floor. I have an onion. That's what I got. <laughs> all the layers. Uh, let me peel this onion back. So, do I like the rule? Yes. But I think it only works really well when it comes to heels. Okay. Okay, heel teams, heel factions. And I say that because, think about it. If you're using the Freebird rule for, we'll use the New Day because the New Day is um, the closest thing to a babyface faction that has used that rule uh, at some point. So... It's much more exciting for a heel team to use that rule because you're going to be pissed about it, especially if you don't like those heels. And if they're doing their heel job correctly, they're going to do some shit that you don't like on purpose to piss you off so that they can keep their heel heat, right? Right. Much less exciting with baby faces. It really is interesting um, when it comes to what they did with Kenny King, letting him defend a title that technically isn't his. Do I agree with it? 
I'm on I'm on the fence. I, I do think though it opens up a lot of options for them to book future matches. Sure. Because a I lot agree. you know, there's a lot that can go you can go with. You can go with when he does come back after his injuries um, figured out, does he get pissed off at Kenny King? Does Kenny King hold the title at the time and like, look, I want a match with you because you fucking lost it for me. Now I want it back. You know, that sort of a thing. Maybe he goes after whoever has the belt at the time. Like, hey, I never lost this fucking belt. Kenny King lost this belt. Now I want it back. That sort of a thing. So you got a lot of room to play with when it comes to booking and and, and having the freebird rule. But I, I I don't know. If I were uh Dragon Lee, I would be super fucking pissed <laughs> that somebody went and fucking not only did the match for me, but also lost my fucking title. Especially in this climate. When you have fucking champs sitting on their ass for months at a time, and then they just decide, okay, it's a good time to defend this belt. Let's go defend it now. When you, when you've had other opportunities to defend it, mm-hmm. so yeah, that's how I feel. Would you ever book this match if you were a Booker? I again, I would, <laughs> I would because you, it does open you up to. A lot of avenues when you're going to create matches sure. and content and things of that nature, because um, you never want to paint yourself into a corner. And so, by doing this again, you have a lot of future potential ways to go with with these these guys. So, uh, I I for one, I've always seen Kenny King as the store the sore thumb that sticks out in that faction. I give you that. And uh, I'm not saying he's he's not unworthy, but he's clearly not cut from the same cloth. And and it's not like a it's not a race thing or a cultural thing. Oh, maybe a little bit of culture because obviously he's not traditional luchador or or that style of wrestling. So or the other the other guys are right. So, but. Uh, he does have the potential to be an awesome fucking heel. And, uh, I agree with that. I love him as a heel. Yeah, and, and you know, we've seen him do, do awesome stuff as a heel, but it always, it isn't always that way. And there, there are wrestling pundits out there that have come out and said that he's been lazy when he's, he's worked for them. I'm, I'm done mentioning the guy's name because I don't want to sound like that's all we're talking about, but... <laughs> So, you know, you have people who have first-hand uh, knowledge of Kenny King's abilities, and they're calling him lazy at points. And, and I tend to agree. I mean, it's not all the time, but it does happen. And, and, and unfortunately, I think he could do a lot better. So okay. I, I hope that's the case, and I hope he does continue to get better, because ultimately... I would love to see Dragon Lee come back and beat his ass. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here, Kenny King. Your your days are numbered. Uh. <laughs> I think I'm going to stay with Ring of Honor for the time being. I don't know if you heard already, but Dalton Castle just re-signed with the company. And I don't know, and this is why I'm asking you, I don't know how you feel. I, I know I'm... 
I'm somewhat of a big proponent of this guy. I think he has a lot of potential. And I, I only bring it up because you and I have talked about him previously, and we both agree, or at least we did, he's one of those guys that could probably leave, go to a place like WWE, and make it work, whereas a lot of guys can't. So I ask you, did he do the right thing? Or did he sell himself short? This is going to be one of those few cases where I think he sells himself short. And, and, and the reason why I tell you, I'll, I'll say this, is because physically, Dalton Castle has not been in the best shape as far as, he, like, his physique's great and all that. You know, that, that that's not what I'm talking about. Physically, he's not been in the best shape. He's had, he's had back problems. Yeah, working with a broken back, um, knee problems. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, he's. So if if the if there was and and I don't know if you, I don't know if you, if you're saying he had an opportunity, but if he had an opportunity to go to to Stanford, Connecticut, and do business with them, well, op- he should have. Yeah, opportunity in in the way of like. I don't think they necessarily put the feeler out for him, but he easily could have went. And I'm not singling out WWE here, but he easily could have won work for some other place. Sure. So I got you. Uh, I I I stick with that. No matter what what would have happened had he had fished out around other offers, I one of those. This is gonna be one of the few cases where I felt I feel WWE is actually the best fit for him because although Dalton Castle is a good wrestler, I'm not much of a fan I, and I've, I've, I've gone on record with that before, in, in the past many times um, I have respect for him yeah, certainly a guy that wrestles with a broken back has nothing but love for the fucking business I'll give you that but gimmick wise I think he could have made a lot of money doing even less work in WWE right and that's why when I, that's what I'm saying because of because of his injuries and because he's getting older, I don't know how much longer he's got left in him. I think he should have taken that. If, if the opportunity was there, should have taken the WWE offer. Now, if we're talking other wrestling promotions, maybe AEW, for example, because unfortunately, as we've seen, they're not exactly always the alternative to what WWE is doing. So that works too. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. The way this man just rolled his eyes. <laughs> I wish you could have seen it. <laughs> but but you don't get to go to like a company like MLW or um, even like Japan, stuff like that, because I just I just don't see him being able to, to hack it anymore. You know, I think he has to take it easier now. Um, not, I, I watched him face Josh Woods earlier. I think those two have good chemistry together. But, again, I just don't see the long term. I just don't see it benefiting him. I don't know how much Ring of Honor is paying him. Apparently it was good enough. But I, th- I think he should have he should have tested the waters elsewhere, personally. But kudos to him. He got what he wanted. Uh, man, where where do I where do I go from here? You know, I, I said we are going to talk about Peacock. There's one aspect of Peacock I want to talk. I want to save for last, but I do want to talk about the first initial thing with Peacock, and that is the actual transition 
from WWE Network to Peacock. Now, by the time you listen to this... You mean Clusterfuck. Clusterfuck <laughs> is, is putting it nicely, too. But uh, Peacock uh, is... What was it, $5 billion deal for five years, something like that? Yeah, $5 billion over five years. So, so, so WWE was paid $5 billion for the streaming rights of WWE Network here in the United States by Universal, which they which meant that the WWE Network was going to get moved to Peacock. Okay, my initial reaction was, whatever, you're still going to give me WWE Network, fine. Now, we are in, we are right around April, and I I have since lost my my connection to WWE Network. My my access ended a week prior because of, you know, that was when my recurring bill was. And I now am forced to use Peacock exclusively. And Joe, if if I had to guess, I don't know the exact percentage wise, but if I had to guess from 100% of everything from WWE Network to Peacock, I'm probably looking at about 4%. <laughs> of content that is now available to me on Peacock. Now, I said it earlier in this podcast, I do get it for free. I'm an Xfinity customer. I get I get premium for free. There is premium plus, which I could pay an extra five dollars for. Now if you want access to Peacock, Joe was right, I was wrong earlier. It is five dollars if you want premium, ten dollars if you want premium plus, which means no ads. Uh, you get everything that you get on premium just ad free. Having said that, five dollars, ten dollars, whatever it is, you cut my content to the WWE Network and gave me the worst transition of any streaming rights <coughs> in the history of the fucking internet. Oh boy. And to say that I'm pissed off about that is an understatement. Now, even though I get it for free, if I didn't, they could fucking keep their fucking five dollars. I would I would cancel right away. This is this is not incomplete. This is not even fucking started. <laughs> you didn't even start. You didn't fucking try. That's my my rant, Joe. Do you agree with me? What what is what, yeah, no, what is your reaction? I, I agree with you. I, I you know what you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of like when you or or other uh, gamers that I know have been psyched about something happening with a title or, or what have you, and you go to play it, and at launch, it's just like so fucking incomplete. You're like, what the fuck did I just get myself into? And then they tell you, like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna update it later. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh man, this is the world we live in. You know. Uh, yeah, it sucks. It really does suck. Uh, especially for me because a lot of that classic territory content is just not there anymore. And I don't know if you heard, but they're talking about possibly not bringing some of that stuff back completely. So, if that's the case, I I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, I mean, I, I know what I'll do. I'll just probably, quote-unquote, tape trade with people if I have to. You know? Old school. Yeah. So, but yeah, I just, what a, what a, literally, what a clusterfuck. 
I've got uh, I've got two more. We're gonna stick with WWE here. <laughs> there was a meme that was posted in in our our Facebook group, and it had it had that the caption of the the guy by the tree, kind of like rubbing his hand and hands and, and licking his lips, and it says WWE fans waiting to turn on Rhea Ripley if she wins the title, even though they pushed for her to join the main roster. <laughs> I am excited about her and any success she has a shot at. But let's be honest. That meme is going to be pretty fucking accurate. Yeah. What do you think? Obviously, you and I, we didn't watch that additional Raw where she premiered. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Do you think she's got the what it takes to... To rise above that um, that level of fucking mediocrity that they just keep pushing on people that come up from NXT, or is she just going to be another one that bites the dust? I think the short answer is it doesn't matter because really the if you look at the laundry list of talent that has come from from NXT to Raw, male or female. The this the bullshit short answer is that if Vince doesn't like it, it's never gonna work. Does she have what it takes to, to, to rise above that? Of course she does. Will she? It just depends on what, what you know what the fucking master says. Because she could put in all everything that she's put in at NXT and throughout her career and more, and it may not be enough. You know, just like our first our first question, or my first question to you, when it comes to Andrade, one of the best talented wrestlers in the fucking world, ladies and gentlemen, in the fucking world, and he's getting paid $3 million to eat food in the back. Yeah. So, does Real Ripley, ha- does Real Ripley have it in there to, to not be the next Andrade? It's not up to her. That's the unfortunate thing. It's not up to her... Because we've seen a million times people get over with the fans and they still are obscure because Vince don't like it. So the problem with that is that it's really going to come down to just what one man fucking says. I think she'll be okay for a while. She's she's getting the title shot at WrestleMania. I think we're going to be okay for a while. But come next year, I'm not so sure. Because she's not Charlotte Flair. She's not Asuka. Same people seem to be in the fucking limelight all the fucking time. I don't know. I don't know how. What? what ask me again next year. I think for this one, will, will to be determined. I'm sorry to not give the a clear answer, but unfortunately, it's the company that she works for that is going to determine whether or not she's a, a success for or not. And the track record has proven that time and time again. I wish her nothing but the fucking best when it comes to talents both male or female on that roster, you're ranking she's up there in top ten. It may not be enough. It may not be. Um but I hope it is. Because certainly that roster could fucking use it. Especially on the raw side. Uh let's go let's go out east. We haven't we haven't really went out to our uh to our brothers out in Japan. Uh, I, I, I want to give, I want to give a shout out to, to Joe and myself because per usual, <laughs> we, we did the 
last 20 by 20 by 20, we predicted the the New Japan Cup. We you had you had Takagi, I had Osprey. Those guys were in the finals. Osprey is going to uh, Osprey won the New Japan Cup. He's going to challenge for Kota Bushi's IWGP World Heavyweight Championship, brand new belt. Have you seen it yet? I've seen it. Yeah, it's it's a nice looking belt. <laughs> but um, here's the thing. Here's the thing about this. Kota Bushi defending the title for the first time. Just like I said, my I guess I'll answer my question here. My thing is, I went with Osprey. I think it's the right time to push Osprey. I don't see Osprey winning the title at Sakura Genesis. I want to know what your prediction is for that. And then while we're at it, shall we uh, shall we talk New Japan Cup USA? Because uh, we got an eight, eight guy tournament happening. Here's your here's your first round: Clark Connors versus Leo Rush, Ren Narita versus Tom Lawler, Fred wow. Rosser versus Hikaleo, and Brody King versus Chris Dickinson. Oh Jesus! Eight, it's a, it's a shorter tournament. Eight guy sure, tournament. Yeah, yeah. Who wins the uh, Who wins at Sakura Genesis, and who wins New Japan Cup USA? Uh, like I said before, because this is a brand new championship technically, and you want you wanted to get started on a really good foot. I think Kota Ibushi is going to retain um, that, and and I'm not trying to take anything away from Will Ospreay. But the way they built it up, it, I think it worked. I think it worked great because now you have you have Will Osprey who went through an entire fucking tournament, a full tournament at that, just to get a shot at this newly minted, potentially prestigious title, um, and to go one step further, potentially prestigious run. For Kota Ibushi. So that makes all the sense in the world. And I love the way that got booked. But unfortunately like I said. I don't think Osprey wins it this time around. And uh, the question now is. If that's the case. And Osprey doesn't beat Ibushi. Who's next for Ibushi. And how are they going to beef that person up. Because uh, if you don't know, Okada's out with back issues. I believe two herniated discs in his lower mm. back. He's going to be out a while. Um, That's a tough loss, right? That is a tough loss. But they, you know, that the, um, that's what a lot of people don't understand about Okada. He's he's their guy. He's the guy for that company. They they were never going to book him uncomfortably. So, I think even if he was still active, I still think it would be a very, very long time before he would have ever beaten Kota Ibushi for for that belt again. Um, With that said, I love... I love uh, the the USA Cup, and yeah, it's only eight guys, but those eight guys that are in there... Like, come on. Some good matches That's there. some good fucking matches. Hey, you know, that's another thing, too. You you get 
you get this whole situation with New Japan on the state side and how they were supposed to open up like five different dojos and have all these new recruits come in and shit. You know what though? It only takes one or two to make such a fucking impact. And I bring all this up because of Chris Dickinson. What? I don't know what kind of fucking luck they stumbled into. But they got him where he's in really good fucking physical condition. He looks like a million fucking bucks. I'm I'm ecstatic. I'm ecstatic that he's there. I'm ecstatic that he's wrestling for the company, even if it is just stateside for right now. Because mm-hmm. goddamn, man, if there was anybody I would ever want to see in the New Japan ring, it's Chris Dickinson. So hell yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> I'm going to... Do you want me to predict the winner of that of the stateside cup? Yeah, please. Ooh. <sighs> Do you need me to repeat the uh, contestants again, or? Yeah, one more time. One more time. All right, first mat, first round. So these are your contestants. You got Clark Connors versus Leo Rush. Okay. Ren Narita versus Tom Lawler. Fred Rosser versus Hikaleo, and Brody King versus Chris Dickinson. I'm assuming. I don't know if 100 for sure. I'm assuming that winner is going to get a shot at the U.S. heavyweight belt. So I'm assuming winner gets Moxley. I'm assuming. If that's the case, and the winner's going to get Moxley, it's going to be, I think it's going to be Chris Dickinson. Chris Dickinson? Yeah. I only say that because Lawler is... Pretty even if this is like the equivalent of an open marriage, he's pretty much married to MLW. Yeah, he's got a lot of he's got a lot of uh, he's got a lot of roots there right now, and they're doing a, a lot of stuff with him. And I don't see that going by the wayside anytime soon because it's working for them. So, uh, especially the fucking filthy island shit. This is great, but. Uh, <laughs> But maybe down the line, if they can come to terms and and uh, work with with more companies on on a much more successful level, I would say maybe down the line, filthy Tom Lawler. But mm-hmm. for now, I'll, I'm going to stick with Chris Dickinson. I think Chris Dickinson is a uh, is a great pick. I you know, br- and, and, and I'm sorry. And no, if God. he and if he does get to go against Moxley, wow. I mean, I would. Uh, hopefully, it doesn't happen on fucking AEW television. You know. Sure. Uh, but definitely a pay per view, because I think that would you know that's that's a lot of um, regardless of whether he wins the the match or not, mm-hmm. that's a lot of exposure for New Japan on someone else's pay per view. You know, I I agree with you on the Tom Lawler situation. Uh, you know, I agree with you on Chris Dickinson winning this. Does does he take that title, or is this uh, is, is 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 him winning the tournament enough, or both? Well, you know, I hate to think of it this way, but you got Moxley coming up, new baby. He's got to have time off. Got to have time off. Yeah, you know, and. You need you need the equivalent of like a young youngish upstart to get that belt over. Something that screams United States, something that screams strong style. That's Chris Dickinson. 
So you gotta give it to the Dirty Daddy, right? I agree with you. I think Chris Dickinson would be perfect for the for the next U.S. Heavyweight Champion. We'll see. Yeah, we will. We will. Um, I've got one more. This is my final one. This could be a really quick answer or a really long answer. I don't know what's going to come out of your mouth, but Mick Foley recently made the case with a lengthy article about how he feels Lex Luger belongs in the WWE <clears throat> Hall of Fame. He brought up a window from 1987 to 1999. He also brought up the idea of like how many tickets were sold with Lex Luger headlining. The, the countless pay-per-view uh, appearances and magazine covers that Lex Luger has graced because of his physique. That's important. And, uh, well, I bring it up because Mick Foley's a really nice guy. And I know that because I've met him. Okay. And I've got to talk to him. Sure. But, I think, me personally, I think this is, hey... My buddy's not having the best time in life right now. Mm -hmm. And I think he could really use some cheering up. Sure. And it's just kind of like in this weird way that he's trying to accomplish this. But I would like to know what you feel about this. Do you think legitimately Lex Luger belongs in the WWE Hall of Fame? Or, um, or do you feel different? <laughs> um, I'll give you the short answer first. Okay. Um, the WWE Hall of Fame doesn't matter. Yeah, no, um, I I get that. You know the you, you since we're again, I'll I'll elaborate more. Of course, no, yeah, yeah. But specifically talking about the WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, I mean, anybody and everybody is is a Hall of Famer. I mean, we we're inducting the the fucking Bella Twins. <laughs> we're we're inducting the great Kali. I'm sorry, but you have very small windows of ever doing anything in this fucking business, especially that particular company. I does that equate to Hall of Fame? The the answer is no. If I had to look at half these fucking guys who are being inducted to the Hall of Fame, you know, I, I would put, I would, I would definitely put Luger in a, in the Hall of Fame if, that, if that's our credentials. Okay. Because Lex Luger, whether he deserved to be there or not, Lex Luger main event of Ric Flair, many times. I'm not saying you know those are the best you know matches we've ever seen, but. I didn't particularly hate them either. I mean, there has to be something to be said about that. There was a time where Lex Luger, whether he deserved it or not, was being pushed as this fucking American hero in WWF. You know, so does he deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? By legit Hall of Fame standards? Absolutely not. Not not, not in a fucking chance in the world. But these aren't legit Hall of Fame credentials. 
a lot of the time it's they showed up they were there they were a part of this you know there's gonna be a time where Christian's a fucking Hall of Famer if he isn't already I can't remember if he is is he I don't know I don't even know I don't think so but there'll be a time where he will be is he, does he deserve to be a Hall of Famer absolutely not okay you know so that's that's kind of my thing here is like if we're talking pro wrestling Hall of Fame and you had voting like you did in, in other sports, he doesn't do enough. He was good, but even good talent, he was good in some areas. But there's there's times where even the good guys are just like, you know what? The, the Hall of Fame is supposed to be for the elite, not just the good. They're very good, the elite. He's not one of them. But because this is the WWE Hall of Famer, or because this is, because this is the WWE Hall of Fame where... You know, Brutus Beefcake's a fucking Hall of Famer. Why not Lex Luger? To to add to your point, I'm, I'm glad you brought up that point because I'm 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 not I'm not up on the up and up of what's going on in Lex Luger's life these days because I don't give a shit. But if it's a morale booster, it makes sense too because a lot of what the WWE Hall of Fame is is hey, we want to do business with you, so we'll give you a ring, <clears throat> Sting, for example. We'll give you a ring. We'll call you a Hall of Famer. Come come sign with us. So there's a lot of favors being, you know, handed over. You know, reason why Warrior was never inducted to the Hall of Fame until 2014 is because Vince didn't like him. That's not how Hall of Fames work. It's not about <laughs> liking, likability. We, we all know that Lex Luger isn't the most liked guy in professional wrestling. You know, I, I I know certain guys like Eric Bischoff has gone on record and say you know their per, per, their perspective on him has changed over the years. Yes. But at the same time, we all know he's not the most liked guy, and we can't sit there and say like, oh, that's the reason why he shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. But to the WWE Hall of Fame standards, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Lex Luger's too controversial. When you think of Lex Luger, you think of the death of Miss Elizabeth, and that's a big deal. That to is a lot a big of people. Deal, yeah. And. So you can't put him in the Hall of Fame, but but you you can't base it off of that. So there's a lot of layers to that. My true definition to a WWE Hall of Famer or to a wrestling Hall of Famer, Lex Luger is not. As a w, for WWE standards, I think he's more qualifying than even some of the people that are being inducted this year. Okay. Uh, really quick to for those of you who don't know and it doesn't make any sense the reason Great Khali is being inducted essentially he's going to become like an ambassador my point exactly for <laughs> WWE India yeah because they want to branch out into that market I mean uh, there's like something something in in the way of like a hundred million YouTube users out in India and that viewership, there's a lot of potential viewership, and they they do. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of YouTube action coming out of India for the WWE. So you want, you know, you that's a business move. You want some someone that is from there or has a connection to to whatever that place may be, because you know, obviously. This is going to happen elsewhere with other people, but um, you know they want to put an NXT out there, right? And things of that nature. So yeah, you you definitely want that to happen. I don't think Kali, I don't think that business decision 
should have anything to do with the fucking Hall of Fame necessarily. Because, like, why can't you just have one of India's favorite wrestlers or one one that uh, is part of their culture just be over there as an ambassador? Why, why do you need to add a Hall of Fame tag to them? I don't think that does anything for, for that situation, but... To me, it's cheap, and it waters down the... What what the Hall of Fame is supposed to be? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's that's that's my point exactly. Does Great Khali deserve to be a Hall of Famer? He hasn't done anything. Yeah. <laughs> He's just tall. He's just tall. You know. Well, I, shit. I'm tall. <laughs> Guess what? I'm a Hall. Of Fame. You know. <laughs> it's just like it's it. The Hall of Fame has become a participation award. Hey, you used to wrestle here. Like, there's going to be a time where you know we were going to ask the question is. The Brooklyn Brawler a Hall of Famer? Should he be? We'll find out. Wow. Years to come. He showed up. It's all it takes. Happy it's... birthday to Special Delivery Jones, one of my favorite old school wrestlers. Yeah. Happy birthday to him. Happy birthday to Mike Rotundo. Oh wow. Yeah, right. Right around tax season too. Yeah. About that. If anybody <laughs> catches that. <laughs> Um, well, I got a few more here. So Please, yeah, that, just... that, that was my, I actually did 11, I think, but that's fine. Man, our, count, our counting's all off, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's all good. Uh, <laughs> Two, four, six, <laughs> and seven, man. Oh, uh, man, if only you guys heard that story. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> a wrestling company that's very uh, close to, to Joe and I, uh, Warrior Wrestling, they 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 always seem to get these crazy bookings. When it comes to Ultimate Dragon, when it comes to Minoru Suzuki, Will Osprey, who does no U.S. tours, like really does U.S. tours, and he, he does there. he does a Warrior <laughs> Wrestling show. How do they do this? I I don't know. Last year, it was... I have a theory. <laughs> last, I'll have to ask you that one. Last year, it was the controversial Tessa Blanchard who relinquished or was forced to relinquish her Impact World Championship because she refused to do shows for Impact because of the pandemic. But for some reason honored her her date with Warrior Wrestling to defend her title. And that was huge. And so move on to Warrior Wrestling June 5th, 2021. The what's now kind of in my opinion controversial name is coming back for potentially just one night only. That is their Warrior Wrestling Women's Champion Kylie Ray who abruptly retired back in November of 2020. A couple of questions for you, Joe. One, is this a one-and-done thing, or is she back? Two, if she is back full-time, with all due respect to her mental health, because you know we do take mental health very seriously, but with all due respect to that, has she hurt herself when it comes to being booked because of her inability to honor dates. For example, 
the most recent one was Bound for Glory, the biggest event for Impact Wrestling. Backed out. I, I don't remember if she backed out or and gave him notice or she just no showed the event, but did not did not compete in that event and then abruptly retired shortly after that. I want to say it was like a very last minute decision on her part. Okay, maybe and like the day before, or day something, of something. Yeah. Uh, she is, by the way, if anyone is interested, she is set to, to challenge Thunder, or she is set to defend that title against Thunder Rosa June 5th at Warrior Wrestling. If you can't make it to the show, it will be on Fight, 20x23.com slash podcast slash Fight, that's F-I-T-E, more information as we get closer to the date. But going back to your to, to my initial questions, I can see she's, 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 a, she's a Chicago gal. This is this is this is suburbs of Chicago here in Warrior Wrestling. So maybe because she's close to home, I don't know where she lives, but maybe because she, she's close to home, this is the reason why she's doing the show. Is this a one-time thing? And if it's not, how does she get booked from here on out? I, you know what? Um, first and foremost, now more than ever, please, folks. Take the time. If you feel you need help or you need some self-care, please don't hesitate. Do it. Get it done. Take care. Invest in yourself. So important. Invest in your mental health. Um, I don't know what exactly her her situation is with mental health, Um, but, uh, you know, I've... That sort of hits close to home with me because I do have people in my family that suffer. But uh, yeah, you've got to do, you've got to take care of you, and you know, there, only so much of that can be helped by other people. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, you have to manage whatever's going on with you. Yeah, because you have to live with yourself. Uh, if that makes sense. Yeah, the, the very um, wise words. And this isn't a you know a, a commercial for you know you know mental health sponsor or anything like that. It's legitimately like, hey, take the time, invest in yourself, go get help if you need it. Um, you know, something like this in professional wrestling is it's fairly new you know in this manner anyway i mean let's face it over the years there's a lot of professional wrestlers who could have been easily labeled uh as as um you know this that or the other Mm -hmm. on the on the spectrum of mental health issues so but you don't hear about stories like this you don't hear about situations like this I think it would be in her best interest because she hasn't been gone that long. Sure, right. I think it's in her best interest. I would have never came back at all. I think she needs a hell of a lot more time than a few months. She's a very young, very young girl. Yeah, and or that's, a young woman, and yeah, that, that's an issue for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but my point to that too is. So, to add to it is that she has a lot of time in her life to figure her stuff out. Yeah, and no, then, and I, then worry about her career later. Uh, yeah, right, if, right. If, if yeah, applicable, exactly. 
And uh, as far as this, hopefully it's a one and done. Hopefully mm. she realized, like, okay, this is what happened with Impact. Maybe she doesn't want to make that situation happen again. So, hey, I'm going to do the right thing. Or do, do and I don't want to say the right thing. I'm going to do the thing that's um, okay for the business. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily for herself. I'm going to come back and drop it to Thunder Rosa. Now, there's there's something that we're both of us, I think, are missing here. She's showing up. I don't necessarily know that that match is going to happen. And not because of her, per se. Um, I think it could just be her showing up and, like, saying, hey... I'm still not okay, but I wanted to let everybody know that I'm I'm on my way to getting there. I'm going to relinquish the title. That sort of a thing. I don't know that I see her actually wrestling. Mm-hmm. So, but either way, I, I think this is... I, I still think this is a bad idea for her. Sure. I still think she should just stay away. This is something that she could easily rectify by via public statement or video package mm-hmm. what have you and then just relinquish the belt that way and yeah she doesn't even need to be, to be there right but, yeah. yeah so I'd agree with that um, if this is her coming back coming back how does she get booked from here on out that's tough because <clears throat> If regardless of whether you're with a company that you work a few days a month or you're on the road all the damn time, either way it's tough. Mm-hmm. And, and you know if she, I'd say uh, you know if she's even sixty percent okay, it's still to me that's not enough. I mean yeah. for for someone like her. And, and what she's possibly been through, I think she's got to be like 300% okay or 500% okay before she decides to get back into something like pro wrestling. I think she might need to go find another uh, another avenue in life and, and go from there, you know, because let's face it, this, the business itself is, is not always an easy one Mm -hmm. i I don't know it i don't know that it's been easy for anybody yeah even to to those it comes natural to so um you know this it's always filled with like heartbreak and a lot of sacrifice as as we obviously have seen here because it cost her 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 mental health at one point in her Mm -hmm. life so yeah no this is not a good this is not good for her Mm mm-hmm and uh, you know, don't get me wrong. Or I'm gonna miss her. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. But you might need to find something else to do. And I say that like in the best way possible. Take care of your damn self first. Worry about pro wrestling later. I think it's important to to mention that if she does decide to make this a full time thing again. People have to understand that it's not being insensitive if she isn't being booked because 
as much as you want her to take care of your, herself, you have to take care of your business as well. And that's what I brought, I brought that up because, you know... Well, we live in the day and age of cancel culture. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, there's a lot of times where not all of the the context is is put out there for people to digest mm-hmm. and things get blindly canceled. Mm-hmm. And I could see where there'd be people who just don't know what the fuck they're talking about and try to make this about something that it's not, unfortunately. Just like everything else, to, to add to that, and, and, and we're going to touch on that a little bit more here in a second, but it's always important to read the article, not the title. Uh, just like, <laughs> Thank you. Just like the old newspaper days. You know, remember those? Read the whole goddamn article. Um, you you, ha- you got to put your business first. You know, you, you can be... You can be understanding. You can be supportive. But you have to consider your bottom line, too, as a business. I... Just like, just like a, a company... In a company I worked for, I'm an I, I'm in IT, and you know I I get requests from from my employers to say hey set up these guys on the domain and email so I'm setting up new users and I got one yesterday and then for two new people and then this morning before I went to work it was I got an email saying hey cancel that because they're not they didn't show up we can't have that we need you here. And that's why what Joe said is so important because you have to be able to be there and be committed to the company that you are committing yourself to. If you can't be, if you can't do that because you can't, you can't figure out what's going on with you, then absolutely you need to just not do this. And you need it because a company has to be able to rely on its employees and, and it's, it's not insensitive to be that way you know so Kylie Ray, I, I absolutely just I absolutely love her work I love the fact that you know we have somebody that's so close to our home you know she she grew up just 20 minutes from where Joe and I live she's she's local you know and, and, and where we're from we, we look after our own and if she were to listen to this podcast I would say the same thing you know Maybe take, take, definitely, not maybe, definitely take some more time. You know, you, you have your, your mental health to worry about, you know, you find things that make you happy, you know, in life, you know, and, uh, and just go with that. And, and maybe someday we will see you in the ring again, but if not, nothing but love and support, but, uh, absolutely. So, um, moving on to one more topic before we get to the big one. I said, we're going to talk about a big one. Uh, you know, we talked about, you know, you mentioned uh, Rohit Raju and the, the uh, AEW situation. A, uh, excuse me, Impact Wrestling has got a pay-per-view coming up in April called Rebellion. The main events of that show is going to be Rich Swan versus Kenny Omega, Champion versus Champion, Impact World Champion versus AEW World Champion. Somebody... Theoretically, is going to be a double champion that night. My question to you is: Is this the win that Impact Wrestling has been looking for, or is Kenny Omega taking that title, 
or option three, or as Austin Aries used to say, option C, does uh, does everybody walk away with the titles they walked in with? What's your take on this match? What's your uh, what's your prediction on the outcome? This whole forbidden door situation has been so mishandled, it's not even funny. <laughs> as, as I'm laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I agree. And don't get me wrong. I understand the pandemic is a big hurdle to get through with all this. But any time they have come up with a bit of a story and gained a momentum into something going forward, they just stop. And they they don't follow through like they're supposed to or they follow through horribly. Either way, they're, they're fucking shit up left and right. And I really do feel bad at this point for Impact because it does still feel very one-sided when it comes to the relationship between these two companies. Pandemic aside, it still feels like AEW is just strong-arming them in in a general sense. And unfortunately for Rich Swan, I think I think Kenny Omega takes this title. And uh and I'm not going to use the word unify cuz I don't I don't know that I want that to happen. Yeah, I hope not. Right? <laughs> but I think he takes both and he, he comes back to AEW as double champ and they take it from there. But after that, I don't know what happens. Does this mean more impact TV time for Kenny Omega? Does it mean, you know, more of an infiltration for AEW on Impact Television? Does Impact do anything to fucking fight back? Because right now it doesn't look like they want to do anything except take Tony Khan's money. But that's a lot of people. <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah, this this is just bad, dude. This is bad. But I I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Kenny Omega. So Don Callis is the executive vice president for Impact Wrestling. Mm-hmm. We all know he, him, him, and Kenny Omega have known each other for a number of years. Like how how much do you must really like a guy to fuck over your own company to the point of almost obscurity here? Because not only has Kenny Omega and AEW made your company look like a second class citizen, but now. If you're right, which I unfortunately in this case I have to agree with you, and I, I usually enjoy <laughs> I usually enjoy agreeing with you, but I, I I don't want to right now. But I agree with you. If he takes that title, not only are you a second class citizen, but they just took your they took everything else that you had, the one thing that you had that was yours, and they took it. Impact is like the little kid that just keeps getting bullied week after week for their lunch money, and their lunch, mm. and then also gets like wedged. Mm-hmm. Or gets, like, flushed in the toilet at school. But then also gets beat up after school. And then goes home and gets beat by their parents. Well, while while being held down by by the one thing that's supposed to protect them. Yeah. Because that's what Don Callis is doing. Yeah. I, I Doesn't just... plug 
I just don't, at this point, it's so bad. I just don't fucking understand. Like, what is going on? So, again, you, you're, you're plugging, I get, he goes on podcasts and he plugs Katie Omega. Because that's what, that's what he's, he wants to do. He wants to be in character all the time. And I'm sure there's a lot of, you know, truth to that because I'm sure he admires Kenny Omega. But to the point to where you're downgrading your the company that you are an executive vice president for, it's like where's where's what's the end game? What's the fucking end game to this? Or is the end game is you're just on Kenny Omega's nuts that much to where it's like we got to keep feeding do this you think, machine? Do you think he's lobbying for a paid position in AEW? God, it, if that's the case, man, I, AW and Don Callis can go to hell. Because <laughs> if that's your way of doing it by by screwing over the company that has invested in you, all while they're paying you to do all it, while they're paying you to do it, yeah, the hell with you, the hell with the hell with both companies. I I really hope that the because I I see. If I had to put percentages on it, I see less than a 1% chance of Rich Swan winning the AEW title. I, yeah. I don't see that happening. So the best chance, the best bet that I see is that this match, even though this doesn't sound like a fantastic finish, this match ends with both guys walking away with their titles, whether it's a DQ, no contest, some kind of shenanigans happens. Well, I mean, you got both Mo- guys walk I'm away. sure Moose is pissed because he lost his title. Sure. So why not have Moose come in? And fuck shit up fuck for the up. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck it up and then potentially give... Because Rich Swan ain't just fucking... He ain't doing it when it comes to Kenny Omega. At this point, if you're going to book somebody, I think Moose would make more sense at this point to put him up against Kenny Omega. Not necessarily for the title, but just have him fucking beef with them eventually. Do, do something. <laughs> do anything. You know, it, it's just like it's like it's like you're just like poking at a fucking dead body here. Do something, <laughs> anything. We'll see. It, uh, you know, it's coming up in, in in a few weeks here. That's gonna be on pay per view, and I believe fight. Uh, I'm not 100. I'm not 100 sure on that. It will not be on Impact Plus because it's a pay per view. Also, it got moved to Sunday. It got moved to Sunday. I don't know the exact day. It's like I think it's the last Sunday of April or up there. Yeah, it's the last Sunday of April. Uh, they moved it because they originally were on the same night as the UFC pay per view. Oh, okay. And so they were like, ah, we don't want to share pay per view results. Yeah, so not a bad idea. Uh, also, they have moved their weekly show to Thursdays. Oh, they have? Yes, because it was officially announced that NXT is moving to Tuesdays. The Lemon Dance, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we get to our main events of the evening? The one that has been riddled with controversy ever since uh, this started happening. And we go back to Peacock. And uh, Peacock, and now WWE has announced that they're also helping with this. They're editing content for, and I quote, 2021 standards. <laughs> so, <laughs> about that 4%. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So, there's a lot of layers here to this. But my my questions here, I, I write down questions, ladies and gentlemen. My, my questions here... Um, is this going to go well for them? 
okay. to do this, or is this going to be damaging in the end? You know, because we talk about cancel culture, we talk about the PC era, whatever you want to call it. It's a lot of things for a lot of different entities, and we, we can go on forever with that. For WWE, or sorry, for professional wrestling, including WWE, being politically incorrect has been a part of the industry for decades. And from having people saying words they shouldn't be saying to people painting their face black. From no, no, be fair. His body. His body black. Yeah, his Sorry. entire body. His entire not body just his black. Face. That's right. To well, half his body. Half his body, right. Sorry. <laughs> from guys in the 80s wearing Confederate flags on their t-shirts and wearing and Confederate flags, coming, or even painting their face Confederate flag, to other things when it comes to how Latinos are being, have been treated, how Asians have been treated, how women have been treated. Yeah. There's a laundry list of this. So there's a lot. It, it, there's a lot of cutting that you're going to have to do if this is the case. Is this going to be a good idea to do this, or is it going to backfire? Is professional wrestling fans the people that just like, in in the long run, hey, if you're not going to give me what I want, we're not going to pay for this. Uh, also, two, a couple more layers to this, and you and I are going to debate this. Uh, where do we draw the line? You know, because as we see with other cancel culture things, you can you can cancel Dumbo and you can cancel Peter Pan, but God forbid you fucking touch Eminem, which makes a lot of sense. Because, um, you know. So where do you draw a line? Is it a popularity contest at this point? Is my point with that. And then, I guess to add to this, the final thing is, how much old school wrestling, as I called it, uh, gets cut, and how much of the Attitude Era is going to exist once this is all said and done? A lot of layers to it, so let's debate this. Let me ask you real quick. Yes, uh, please. I'm not sure I follow your statement about Eminem. Okay. Because... I'll explain that. Well, to my knowledge, correct me if I'm wrong, but to my knowledge, there was people on social media trying to cancel him, mm-hmm. and he fired back with I believe a brand new song and a brand new album. I don't. I, I don't. I don't. I don't listen to him, so I couldn't tell you. I don't either. Mm-hmm. But as far as I know, that's the case. Okay. Like he he specifically took. I think it's called Tone Deaf is the is the name of the song. Okay. And then he. I guess it's going to be a part of a new album. As like an added track that he did specifically because of what was going on. So it's very spur of the moment. Sure. On his part, but he felt that he needed to defend himself. Okay. So, uh, and again, uh, I think he's releasing it through his own record label. So there makes sense. Uh, again, I could be wrong about some of this stuff, but if that, if all that is the case, then it just to me, it's like he's just sticking up for himself. Now. Does that make it right? Probably not, because of of some of the subjects he's rapped about before all this. You know, you know, there's 
the whole misogyny and just the treatment of women and things like that. So I'll answer the, what what I said about that. Okay. So I'm not. I'll, I'll be. I'll be. I'll be very frank about this. Maybe I'm going to sound very conservative, even though I don't have a political party at all. I'm just being honest with you. I'm not for canceling or removing anything. No, I agree with you. And so what my point with what I said was people are on board with the removal. What No, no matter who it is, I don't want to hear this, oh, well, the Dr. Seuss company did this or this or that. I don't give a fuck who did what. We Everyone is doing it so they can be PC, you know, because for 2021 standards. When you talk about history... People are going to have to come to the realization that sometimes the origins of things aren't always what you would hope they would be. A lot of your fairy tales, for example. And I'm going to go on the Eminem. This is all part of the Eminem thing. Sure, sure. Origins of of story ta- of, of fairy tales. The vast majority of them, if not all of them, no over ninety percent of them, have extremely dark, twisted origins. From Snow White to Pinocchio to Sleeping Beauty to The Little Mermaid. None of it's fucking pretty. At the end of the day, how much of that has destroyed your childhood? Probably none of it. When it comes to... Michael Bay destroyed my childhood. Well, Michael Bay, yes. (laughs) He almost destroyed more of it. He had the fucking turtles. Right. Um, If you... If you look at the situations with, you know, Dr. Seuss, with Pepe Le Pew, with um, even even movies like Dumbo and and Peter Pan, Swiss Family Robinson, what did they all have in common? I will tell you, and it's it, 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 it's 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 black and white, ladies and gentlemen. None of them are the breadwinners for their respective companies. Those books for Dr. Seuss, they're not Green Eggs and Ham. They're not The Cat in the Hat. They're not Horton Here's Who. They didn't make fucking movies based off of them. They're obscure titles that most people didn't even fucking know existed. Pepe Le Pew is not Bugs Bunny. Pepe Le Pew hasn't been relevant since the fucking 60s or 70s. He's Yeah, he was in the original Space Jam, sure. But a very small role. He's an insignificant character. Dumbo, Peter Pan, especially Swiss Family Robinson, they're not Moana. They're not Frozen. They're not the breadwinners anymore. Dumbo, if you ever look at your history, Dumbo was never a breadwinner. Dumbo was created in 1940 in the midst of World War II. Movie movie cinemas were not were not successful in that era. Right. So it's easy to look like a fucking hero when you say, you know what? We're not going to stand for this anymore. And we're going to cut this stuff. But if you look at more more things like what, like some of the stuff that Bugs Bunny has done, I guarantee you, cancel culture, if you want to call it that or whatever you want to call it, could attack him a lot more than you could Pepe Le Pew. Why you don't cut Bugs Bunny? Because he makes you a lot of money. It's not about your feelings, ladies and gentlemen. It's about dollars. It's about popularity. Why Why are we not going to attack Eminem? 
I'm not a fan of his. I don't listen to rap. I'm a metalhead. Joe says he doesn't listen to him. That's that's just two guys. But there's millions of people out there that fucking love the guy. So whether he creates a song to attack her or not and defend himself means nothing. He makes a lot of money. So you're not going to attack him because people love him. I'll make another point yesterday. I'll make another point with this. So yesterday, we talk about cancel culture. Yesterday, I, I stayed home from work. I had to fix some stuff at the house. So I threw on TV and I threw on, I threw on a channel that's predominantly African-American. Okay. I can't think of it right now, unless I would say it. But I can't think of the channel, but there, it was a pre- pre- predominantly African-American tra- channel and I was watching In Living Color. Great show if you've never seen it. Sketch comedy from the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s. <clears throat> there is a, a... There was a, a segment where a white lady was trying to sell an apartment. And she tried to sell it to a black man. She tried to sell it to an Asian couple. And she tried to sell it to a Middle Eastern uh, father and son. And each time she was, she was poking at things that they would like because of their race. Stereotypes. Stereotypes. Okay. And in that era, in the early 90s, it was it was funny. And if this was on Peacock, gone. But because it's on a predominantly African-American channel, guys, this isn't a racist thing, but because it's popular and because the, the people like it, that's not going to get cut. But in 2021 standards, it should have. I'm not for it. I don't agree that it should be cut. Whether you find it funny or not, it existed. It happened. I mean, the living color, correct me if I'm wrong, was never supposed to be politically correct. No, and, <laughs> and that's that would be a huge problem with me because, like, if you do decide to edit it, it would have to be, like, heavily edited. Mm-hmm. Like, to, the point, to the point where you might as well not even play it. Yeah. So, wow, okay. So my point has always been with when it, when it comes to cancel culture, we only cancel the things that we don't give a shit about. As far as you know, the 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 Seuss, the Dr. Seuss uh, people, whatever they're called, or maybe it's, I don't know, that that establishment, we're heroes because we did that. I'm sure you could find more things that you probably shouldn't talk about in your books. Actually, I can guarantee it. But you're not going to do that because those books make too much money. So we're, let's cut out five books that probably make us the fewest amount of money because who really fucking knows about if I owned a zoo or whatever. I'm sure people out there do, of course. But it's not as popular as the other ones. If Green Eggs and Ham had it, Green Eggs and Ham has a fucking Netflix show. You think they're going to fuck with Netflix money to make <laughs> you feel better? No. <laughs> yeah, they're not. If, if it was Bugs Bunny that you were going to cancel, you think they're going to give a shit? About, about your feelings? No. That means they would have to cancel Space Jam too. Not going to happen. That is my point to all this. So I ask again, going or kind of reiterate what I said, that is why Eminem won't be touched because he makes too much goddamn money because people absolutely fucking adore him. And with that being said, look, I don't think anybody should be canceled. I think, I think the one thing that we need to do when it comes to things from the past, we have to just accept things for what they were. You want a, you want a better tomorrow. You want a better today. 
I'm 100% for you. There's certain things that were done in the 90s that shouldn't be done anymore. And I agree with that. But for you to sit there and say, you know what, I'm going to erase all this because it doesn't fit with today, even though it took place 20 years ago, or in the case of Dumbo, fucking 80 years ago, it's, it's unfair. It's unfair to the consumer because as a paying customer, you're telling me what I can and cannot watch. That is not your right. That shouldn't be your right. Especially in this fucking country. I was going to say, at least in the United States. Yes. You know, there used to be a time where we used to have disclaimers and rating systems. Why did that go away? You know, you saw something like a rated R movie. You you would tell your kids, you know what? You can't watch that because it's rated R. When it comes back to the Dumble situation and all that stuff, I know that this is not that's not wrestling related. The one thing that I will say where they got that right is they didn't they didn't erase it. They just blocked it for the younger viewers. For, you know, so if you have parental controls, the under seven or whatever it is, age group won't be able to access that. Fine, whatever. As a paying customer for Disney Plus, I want access to your fucking library. That's why I pay you. Give me the access. So when it comes to the WWE Network or Peacock, I want the access. If you have to put a disclaimer on it, fine. Put a disclaimer on it. If I got to sit through 10 seconds or 15 seconds of a disclaimer every time I put on a show, if that's what I got to do to sit through to keep that content on there, fine. If it, if it makes somebody feel better about it, fine. But taking it away and erasing it is a horrible, horrible concept. And by those standards, I ask again, where do we draw the line? What's... What's too far? Or is it, again, the M&M situation, is the Attitude Era too popular to cut entirely? I mean, it, or or bulk of it. I, I agree with most of what you said. And the, and the only reason I say that is because, again, with Eminem, and I could be wrong, but the song he released was him verbally firing back at the people who wanted to cancel him which is fine uh, for those of you who want to stick up for yourself and, you, and you're sure. t- and you're a target of cancel culture please have at it sure yeah um, that's that'll be your fight not necessarily anyone else's but if that's the case and he did he did release that single independently I believe his album is being released independently by him. Uh, so you're right. He he is making all the money <laughs> for all intent and purposes with those projects. Um, I think more people should stand up for themselves if you're trying to be canceled, because in in my experiences with cancel culture, more often than not these people that are going around trying to cancel all this culture don't really know in depth what they're getting into and why they're doing it. It's almost like, hey, this seems like everybody's going to do it or everybody wants it done, so it must be bad, so let's do it together. And that's sad. That's a sad state of affairs. 
Um, I'm going to bring up a few instances here. One, you and I were talking about it before we started recording this episode. So the WWE Network, all that content is slowly being moved over to Peacock. One of the big things they wanted to get right off the bat were all the WrestleManias transferred over to Peacock because it is WrestleMania season. And hey, that's a selling point. It's going to make us a lot of fucking money because people are going to want to watch WrestleMania. And if they're going to order the current WrestleMania on pay-per-view or through Peacock, guess what? They're going to want access to all the other WrestleManias. Great, we're going to have that done. Boom, it's done. But it came at a price. If I'm not mistaken, it was... uh, uh, What WrestleMania was that? Six. Six? Okay, WrestleMania six. Rowdy Roddy Piper versus Bad News Brown. Bad News Brown is a black man, Mm -hmm. African-American man, however you would like to refer to him. Uh, badass nonetheless. A legit Hall of Famer. A legit Hall of Famer. Thank you very much. Rowdy Roddy Piper shows up before the match, cuts a promo, you know, does his little interview, where he is literally painted half of his body black. Mm-hmm. Okay? And I mean half, like, vertically, not horizontally. And Peacock completely edited out the entire match and that interview. So there is no recollection of Rowdy Roddy Piper in the ring at all on that event. Any of anybody who knows even one quarter of what that was all about knows the reasoning of why he did what he did, okay? He wasn't fucking trying to portray blackface, okay? This isn't this isn't the fucking uh, early Hollywood situation. He in the in the interview he does, he states that it doesn't matter what color you are, whether you're white or black, and he refers to him like physically. Uh, Physically, you're seeing him on screen, white or black. He's going back and forth. It doesn't matter whether you're white or black, what color you are, yellow, purple, whatever. Essentially, what he's trying to tell Bad News Brown is, if you're an asshole, it doesn't matter what color you are, you're still an asshole. And that's the whole point of the match. He's going in there as a babyface to fend off a heel who's an asshole. That's it. That's the true meaning of what he did. That's why he did it. Now, don't get me wrong. Could he have done it a better way? Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. But this is also wrestling from the 1980s. That's another thing people Close don't... Enough, I'm sorry. Uh, that's the other thing people don't understand. When it comes to culture, I'm gonna, I'll say two things about it. One... You can cultivate any culture you want. It doesn't mean everyone's going to subscribe to it. Two, wrestling culture, professional wrestling culture, has always mimicked what the current culture is in society. It's always mimicked our societal culture. So, years ago, when you had... 
evil Russians. Yeah. That was what was going on right. in our society. If you had Ugandan giants that wrestled, mm-hmm. that was part of the American culture because it came from an American company. Nobody knows shit about Uganda. So that's that's just how it was handled. Again, Mexican uh, people in general in professional wrestling. Believe it or not, during the 80s, there wasn't a whole lot of fucking uh, information here in the States about luchadors. They knew Mes- Mexican wrestling existed, but you're not going to get the same level of prestige and respect of that culture that you're going to get in Mexico because it's not Mexico. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure if you travel to Mexico and you were trying to portray an American wrestler, it'd be the same fucking way. Mm-hmm. So you have to understand all that. My biggest point here I'm going to make is this is exactly where I agree with you and what you said. None of this should be canceled because if you don't know history, you are doomed to repeat it. Exactly. And a lot of people younger than myself and Matt don't fully understand that concept. And this is part of the reason, not to go on a big fucking diatribe here, but this is part of the reason this country is in the shape that it's in right now. Unfortunately. And and that is not a slight against any one political party or person or culture or ethnicity. None of that. Everybody's at fault to some degree. But canceling culture left and right, this is not how we solve this problem. It just, it just isn't. I think people need to be more truthful and honest with one another. And guess what? If you're, if you're a racist person and you want some sort of culture canceled, guess what? You're still going to be racist. Yeah. You know? If, if, if you didn't like a, a certain type of person or a certain type of culture before all this and you cancel it, that it, it, it you don't change it doesn't change for the better and that's my point so we are about to lose quite a bit of pro wrestling culture whether we want to or not because of what peacock is doing and 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 I don't even want to just sit there and blame only them because the WWE is also curating it along with them so Again, at the end of the day, they get they get final say so because it's still their content. This mm-hmm. is they're just leasing it. Right. Could we see all that come back to the WWE network one day? In five years. In maybe. five years, maybe. Again, maybe. And but the way things are right now, so many things are getting canceled without uh, again, like almost blindly. 
Oh, I don't like the color of your shirt. Well, neither do I. Oh, well, that makes two of us. Let's take to social media and see how many other people feel about that color of t-shirt and why we do or do not like it. And if we can get enough people to not like it, just like the two of us, maybe then we can stop having those t-shirts made. And then what? What changes? Mm -hmm. And that's my point. There's going to be a lot of people that have a problem with what you and I have said. And I'm going to make one more point when it comes to outside of WWE or wrestling. And then I'll come back into into pro wrestling. Kind of add to what you said about not knowing the context. I'll go back to... A movie that I fucking just adore since I was a kid, and that's Dumbo. Now, I don't want it to not be canceled because I love it, because that defeats the purpose of what I said. Okay. Um, again, not a fan of Eminem. I don't want him canceled. I don't want him touched. What's happened has happened, whether you like it or not. You don't have to listen to his music if you don't like it. That's the other thing, too, man. But going back to context, context is king, as Eric Bischoff would always say. Dumbo's being canceled or Dumbo's being censored from kids' perspective because of the the infamous crows in that in that movie. Yes. And how they perceive black culture in the nineteen forties, by the way. Which nobody in this era well, I shouldn't say nobody, most people in this era had no idea what the fuck was that culture in that era because they weren't around in nineteen forty. But I will say this, context wise Besides Dumble, your title character, most important characters in that entire movie. You want to know why? If you never watched the movie, because they told Dumbo to be proud of who the fuck you are. Without him, yeah. If you want to fly, go fly. Yeah, yeah. I've, you know, I've seen a house fly, I've seen a horse fly, but I've never seen an elephant fly. You are unique. You are something that's never been seen before. What are you doing? Why, why are you feeling sorry for yourself? Without them, Dumbo's not the same movie. Yeah. You know why? Because without them, he's just another fucking elephant. He's just another elephant. <laughs> yeah. And it's, then what kind of movie do you have? They are, they're the reasons why, they're, they're in, in, in the beat sheet, they're, they're the ones that the, the hero gets that turning point. They're the turning point for our hero. And nobody puts that in perspective. Again, as you said with Roddy Piper... Could, could that maybe have been handled a little bit better? Theoretically, yes. But also, too, it's 1940. We have to accept that 1940 and 2021 are not the same thing. They're just not going to be. No. There's things that happened in 1940 that just don't fly in 2021. And that's okay. It should be that way. We should evolve as human beings, right? We should be more accepting and more understanding to differences, to, to embrace differences. Absolutely. I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. But do we erase 1940 because it's not 2021 standards? What sense does that make? It makes no sense. It make, in the long run, it makes no sense. Doomed to repeat history, you know, we talked about it on, on our Facebook group. You know, I was having a back and forth with, uh, with, with, the, with a friend of ours and, you know, he made a good point, you know, when it comes to the first thing that, one of the first things that was announced to get to have gotten removed, it was the 
the the 2005 Survivor Series, Vince McMahon using the N word on pay per view, never a good idea. No. Never what never did it fit, and it's being removed now. Originally, I I made a statement saying, you know what, that really has no relevance at all. So I I didn't see, I didn't I was I would admit. I'll admit to my fault. I was a little blinded to that and said, yeah, you know what? Fuck it. We'll remove that. He made a good point. And, you know, it, it, it is like Peacock is kind of letting them off the hook by removing it. You're removing ignorance yeah. from TV. It should be exposed. He should be exposed for what he said. Was it okay then? No, it's definitely not okay then. Now, it's, not, it's definitely not okay now. It was never okay then. But do we hide it? Do we hide the fact that this guy that people worship... And his greatest mind, his ego was so high that he thought it was okay to say that word on pay-per-view in front of two African-American employees. Should he be allowed off the hook? That's another, that's another thing, too. Is sometimes we have to eat our words. Sometimes we have to own up to our actions. And sometimes we have to remember, this is where we were. This is where we are now. You can't ever have that mentality if you never knew where the fuck you came from because it's like whoa, 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 hey that's too much but yeah it is same as history is say same, same same as 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 a laundry list of things of content whether it's media or actual real life events or what have you you can't put your head in the sand and pretend like it never happened you have to accept it and you have to grow as a society we have to understand and respect the fact that we can't do the same things we did in 1998 during the Attitude Era. It doesn't fly. We can't treat women like objects. We have to treat them like like equals. Yeah. And we should have always treated them like equals. But the reality is, as a society, we didn't. But now we are. And we're, we're, we're trying to make things better. Does it, does it erase what we did? In 1998, by we, I, I, I'm including all of us as, as a society, as a whole. Sure. Does it does it erase what we did? Absolutely not. But we acknowledge it, and we move forward. We had, in 2000, you had Trish Stratus barking like a dog. In 2019, we had three women main event in WrestleMania. That's progress. Yeah. And we have to be able to follow that timeline. To, to, to wrap this all up... You brought up a really great point when it comes to cancel culture as a whole because by them canceling stuff, I believe that we're going to deter people from using over-the-top media because why why subscribe to something where you're only going to get partial content? And you brought up a really good point, something that Kind of, I've been I've been talking about in the, with the video game culture for 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 years. Never trust in digital content because this is what happens. Yeah, you don't you don't uh, you don't own shit. You don't own it. Uh, yeah. So therefore, physical media is probably going to be on the rise again. And not to bring this a whole other topic because you know we that's there's a whole other can of worms, but. For some people, it might be too little, too late because those things, those unedited content that existed, are now going to be collector's items. Yep. And so the things that we we bought into digital content, 
seems to be biting us in the ass because you have executives who are trying to save face. I, I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not being a, I'm not being, I'm not being an asshole, and I'm not being a conspiracy theorist. I'm telling you because this is what corporate America is. They're not canceling the show, the shit, or or censoring it because they want to, you to feel better. They're canceling it because in hopes that you continue to support their product. It's bottom line, nothing more. Yeah. It's to feed their pockets because hey, we're the good guys. That's all it is. And the moment, that, as soon as we realize that, the better. Whether you you think it's whether you think it's a big deal to cancel a couple or to to erase a couple episodes here or there or not, it's it's one thing. To delete whole matches or whole shows, that's a whole other thing. Wherever you stand in it, you you need to realize that it's never going to stop until you say, I'm not buying this shit anymore. Let's, I'm not paying for let's it. Let's bring it back to pro wrestling completely for a second. This really gets uh, much more in-depth when it comes to streaming rights and the WWE Network because for years now, since the network went live, there's always been multiple people trying to sue the company for access to royalties that they have not been paid. And that especially that's a lot of the old school wrestlers that aren't around anymore or retired or what have you. Despite their their persona, their 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 ring character, but more importantly, to add a layer to that, it wasn't just your your typical white wrestler. That also includes no streaming residuals financially for all your Native American wrestlers, all your black wrestlers, all your Mexican wrestlers. And, and here and there and everywhere else. Sure. Everybody was suffering financially equally from from that. So now, guess what? If Vince McMahon curates the network over to Peacock to work, guess what? All those old school wrestling territory videos are gone. He doesn't have to pay all that shit. Mm-hmm. Ever. You have to think about that too. And, and this is what I'm saying. Most people aren't. They're just blindly canceling shit. They don't think. There's, there's one thing this this day and age, this time, uh, seems to not do. And that's critically think. It's like we're told as a society, for whatever reason, it's like we are totally devoid of critical thinking. There's one thing that I pride myself on not just personally but as part of this podcast that's one thing i had addressed to matt when we started this was like hey not only do we have to come a little bit different than everybody what everybody else is putting out there but at the same time we have to critically think especially if we're going to fantasy book matches I don't want to just sit here and say, hey, well, this guy versus this guy is going to be pretty good. Why? Because I think so. Okay, cool. Next match. Yeah. No. That's fun. Right? (laughs) But, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, there's so much more that we can talk about. Look, if you guys agree with us, you guys disagree with us, you know, sound off and, and let us know. But one thing that 
I, I want, I can't stress enough, if you do disagree with us, don't just tell us to go fuck ourselves. Tell us to go fuck ourselves how <laughs> and why. No, what my, my point is this. My point is this. I, look, I don't expect you to, I don't want anyone to think that, like, oh, I'm just this, first of all, I'm not a fucking redneck, and I'm not, you know, one of those guys, uh, back in my day, we shouldn't cancel this, we shouldn't cancel that, or this or that, but, you know, whatever. I get, I get that mentality of hating those guys. I'm not one of those guys. I don't like the erasing, erasing history, you know, and why? Because of my background. Yes, I am Latino, but I'm also Native American, and I have a lot of Native American blood in me, and a lot of my people's culture has been canceled because it it made this country's history look bad. And there's a lot of people, a lot of things that aren't taught in books. You'll never know if you don't go looking for it. Yeah. And it's like it never happened. Mm-hmm. And it's sad. I have I have letters from from my great great grandfather talking to his future kin, whoever it may be. Didn't know you know wasn't specified to me because I wasn't born yet, but telling his story because he knew that his story would never be told the right way. And that's a huge deal for me. So when it comes to erasing any kind of culture, whether it's, you know, something as silly as pro wrestling, right? Who cares? It's wrestling. It's just, it's just wrestling. Does it really matter if we get Piper versus Bad News Brown? It wasn't the greatest WrestleMania match anyways. Why does it matter, Matt? Why does it matter? Piper didn't fucking sell to Brown, right? <laughs> Why does it matter? Because it matters because, one, it happened. We need to acknowledge it. And two, you can't give people the power to tell you what you should know and shouldn't know. Yeah. If it's too much for you, I respect that, but I'm going to respect for you, I'm going to I'm going to respectfully tell you to walk away then. Yeah, walk away. It's as simple as that. Don't watch. Especially it. in this day and age. You mean to tell me you can't take fucking 2 seconds to press a button on the remote mm-hmm. or shut a screen off? Yeah. Or leave the room? Right. How fucking difficult is that? You know, for those of you who choose to stick around, guess what? A byproduct of this is you'll, you'll, you should be able to critically think more. Mm-hmm. You should be more accepting of other cultures. Uh, you hopefully become a better person from it. Sure. You know, uh, <laughs> you and I were talking about some of the wrestling stuff that, that is probably going to get canceled. All of the gangster stuff from yeah. Smoky Mountain Wrestling. You know, when you've got New Jack talking about how he's a fan of O.J. Simpson. Yeah. You know, just that alone. Like, we're never going to see that again. No. Um, but, yeah, you. bottom line, if you're not willing to sit there and, and digest all of it, then don't. Mm-hmm. But you're, you're going to be doomed to repeat the, those, those same things. Streaming services should have the responsibility, including Peacock slash WWE Network in you know international countries, should have the responsibility to give you opportunities to do that. Again, yeah, warn you, hey, you might have offensive stuff. Have it to where you can skip that match altogether, like the old WWE Network allowed you to do. Yeah, I don't want to watch this this match. I'm I'm offended by this. Okay, to skip it. If I'm not mistaken, Disney Plus. 
put up uh, the entire Muppet show mm-hmm. with a disclaimer saying, hey, we're not editing any of this because it has sig- historical significance, but viewer discretion is advised mm-hmm. because some of it, there are, uh, I believe the wording was, there are sensitive moments within the program. Yes. So there you go. And, and that 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 needs to be that needs to be enough because they have taken the responsibility to go to 2021 standard and say you know what this doesn't fly this this era we acknowledge that but it existed you don't want to watch it we understand but we know people will and we want to give you that opportunity you have opportunities I don't want to be told what to watch I want to have the opportunity if 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 I'm offended by an Eminem song, I had to keep bringing up Eminem, but I know he's always been dubbed in controversy since mm-hmm. he started. If if I'm offended by it, the easiest thing to do, don't buy the record. Don't listen to him on Spotify. Don't look for him on YouTube. That's simple. It's that simple. You, you have to have the responsibility to walk away. And, and don't tell other people you shouldn't... Don't tell people they're wrong because they don't feel the need to remove this content because they're not wrong. You're not wrong for being offended by it. And I'll tell you that right now. You're not wrong. But you are wrong for telling me that I'm not allowed to watch it. Just like I'd be wrong to tell you to suck it up. We need to find a medium that works for everybody. Absolutely. And I, I think I do credit Disney Plus for, for some of the things they did. Again, with the removal of Dumbo and Peter Pan on the kids' side of things. But if you yeah. have your, your regular account, it's not touch. You, you, you would never even notice. Okay. That's fine. I'm not going to argue that point because a kid's not going to know either way. Whatever. Eventually, they'll be able to watch it if they so choose to. And even then, you put a disclaimer. You put a disclaimer, and then as as a viewer, just like you, just like as a consumer of anything, you you need to have the responsibility to know what you're purchasing. As a consumer, or in this case, a viewer, you need to have the responsibility to know what you are viewing. You also need to have the responsibility to sit there, and if you're going to let your child watch that, be able to explain exactly why that was the way it was. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, don't. Don't. Right. You know? Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, this is such a, a deep topic, and we can go on more and more on it. We're, again, we agree to disagree on some things. Look, I... I I, I respect everybody as individuals. I want everybody to have an equal playing form, a playing field, and be able to just enjoy the content that they want to enjoy. And I hope that you guys, whether you agree with me or not, respect people enough to feel the same way. Except for Jeff Jarrett Except and Jeff. Brock Lesnar. Fuck Jeff Jarrett and Brock Lesnar. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett, per <laughs> usual, you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> Um, but yeah, man, uh, thank you for having that conversation with me. It's, it's always a touchy subject. I know I say a lot of things that people don't always like, and you know, quite honestly, it is what it is. In this situation, it's so it's such a deep, because it's, it's such a real... Well, and part of the problem, too, is articulation. There's a lot of people who have a lot of thoughts and ideas and stances on stuff, mm-hmm. and, and want to express that. But they are incapable of properly articulating their, themselves, mm-hmm. and you know I obviously don't have a, a problem with that with you because sure. I know you can properly articulate yourself. But uh, let's face it, there's a lot of people these days they just 
They don't know how to talk. <laughs> talk, talk and, and, and even to add to that, listen. To, oh, to that, yeah, that too. So, Shit. Uh, I think if we are able to do that, we can understand each other a hell of a lot more. Well, um, you know where's a good place to start there on social media with us? There you go. Facebook.com slash 20x20crew. Twitter and Instagram with the handle at 20x20crew. Email us, 20x20crew at gmail.com. And our home on the web for right now is 20x20crew.com. You can find all of our past episodes, merchandise, uh, opinions, everything. All there related to us and our professional wrestling podcast. As always, folks, nothing but love from Joe and myself to you. Another episode of the 20 by 20 by 20 in the books. Thanks again for, for sticking with us. These are always longer episodes, but we're able to knock out 20 topics in one Absolutely, episode. Absolutely, yeah. Such a great thing. Get yourself checked out, ladies and gentlemen. You know, I love what my partner said earlier. Please, if you're having trouble with anything, I think we should start posting some stuff on our, on our, on our website. Sure, yeah. Some links, you know, because this is really this is a really important subject these days, you know. Talk to people. You can always come talk to us about wrestling. Talk to us about anything, man. Really, right? yeah. I mean, you know? like, uh, <laughs> I'm no therapist, but you know what? We all go through shit. And you know what? That, that's the thing. Like, we're we're always there. Um, all anybody who talks to Man Nine knows that we're very supportive. Especially, you know, uh, there's a lot of people on social media who have access to us, and whether whether you talk to us within the actual group or just individually uh yeah please come talk to us you know everybody goes through shit matt and i are not immune to that like we're human beings too so yeah you know and 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 continue to to support the things that that you love whether it's you know beyond wrestling or not continue to support professional wrestling especially during these tough times uh we're getting to warmer months uh, everywhere uh, fuck you, Florida, for always being warm. We're getting to warm months. More shows opening up. If you have an opportunity, hey, you know, as long as you do it safely, you know, social distance, wear masks, take the family, enjoy, enjoy, enjoy yeah. wrestling shows, support professional wrestling, and uh, have yourself a good time. And let us know about it, man. You know, just just all one love. That that's no matter of what you uh, think about what we said in, in our last topic or not. You know, nothing but love from from Joe and myself. You know, and, and hopefully from you guys too. But if not, hey, it is what it is. But until next time, ladies and gentlemen, I've been Matt. He's been Joe. You guys have been fantastic. And until next time, we will see, see you in the, the ring. ring.